You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday for Sunday, July 11th, 2021. I am your host, Manny Brown. As always, joined by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what is up? Manny, we are live for the first time. This is history, ladies and gentlemen. Ten years from now, this is going to be archived. And people are like, remember the first time Manny and Josh went live? I wonder who was watching. And they're going to see a whole total of like two people were watching. And those people, two people are now making history. So shout hey, out to listen. y'all. Shout out to y'all. We appreciate y'all. Listen, um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. I got to put that out there right now. Rome is not built in a day. You know, it's our first time on YouTube, at least doing this on YouTube. So it's going to be some growing pains for us. You know, we don't look as clear as we'd like to to be. And, you know, we don't have the the, the fancy backgrounds and stuff. We're working on that stuff. We're we're getting there. Baby steps, baby steps, you know, (laughs) baby steps. But for the for for the folks that are tuning in for the first time, we have been doing this now, this show uh, almost a year now. Crazy. Almost a year. Yeah. Has it been? Has it been? Has it? Definitely close to it for sure. Definitely close to it. Us together. Obviously, we've known each other for two and a half, three years almost. Um, I've been doing this podcast five years in some different variation or form. Uh, We're coming up close to 100 episodes. Technically already past 100, but any given Sunday as it is today, 100 episodes coming up soon. This is episode 80. So we are well-versed and well-experienced. So don't don't take it as we're a bunch of schmoes just jumping on YouTube for the first time. We've been through through the wars of YouTube. (laughs) Uh, Just got to put that out there. But nah, man, uh, thank you guys, whoever's out there listening and watching. uh, Thank you guys for joining us man it's a big day big step for this show when josh and i decided to do this show we envisioned that we would really take you know we really do something big and we feel like we have so far just on the podcast uh landscape not saying we're joe rogan or anything but um that's our success level anyway but uh we've been doing some really good things and we've been getting positive feedback and um obviously the natural progression anytime you do a show or anything anything you try to you try to build off of that. You try to go to the next step, bigger and better, big, bigger and better. As I can't speak, obviously, but, um, <laughs> I'm nervous, guys. Sorry. Um, I don't know why. I've been on YouTube before. I don't know why I'm nervous. But live anyways, is a different I'm animal, to... man. I've hosted no, live man, before. I'm sure and you've been on live shows too. It's not like you haven't been live before. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a different animal for sure. It's different when you're hosting than when you're yes. a guest. It's That's true. But That's, is this your first but... time hosting live? Yeah, I believe wow. so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've been I've done dead end sports now man, three, four years on and off. And yeah. I've just always been a guest. So or a, a part of an ensemble, not the guy. So yeah, no, it's the first time hosting. So yeah, man, we bring a lot of first here. A lot this of is. first here. This is. But I lost my tra- I lost my train of thought. Where were we? Um no, honestly, when when you're having success doing something, obviously you try to think about b- growing that and getting bigger and better and moving on to the next step. And that's right. what we felt like this was, you know, YouTube. So let's let's right. let's try to let's try to topple the 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 YouTube Goliath. Um, so I'm here down. we are, man. So yeah, let's do it. Um, we've been getting a lot of positive feedback. Um, for those who don't know the show, just a brief uh kind of recap or intro, you know, any given Sunday. Um, any given Sunday, we talk about sports, politics, pop culture, whatever kind of comes life. We've had conversations about life on this show. We've had we've had conversations about me too. We've had conversations about everything. So um, everything. but 
literally about everything, but mostly mostly a mix of sports and politics. Obviously, some weeks are going to be heavier than others on 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 sports. Some weeks are going to be heavier on life shit because things are going on. I don't know if I can curse on YouTube. Hopefully, I don't get we don't get flagged or anything. Um, um, but yeah, it just depends on the it just depends on what's going on and and what's going on in the world today and what's going on with our lives. So yeah, that's what we try to we try to keep it low, you know, laid back. Um, but you know, full of content, full of information. So yeah, here we are. And for those that are the OGs that have been listening for forever, uh, the podcast will still be going up as usual. Um, so we'll do the live stream and then the podcast will go up, um, sometime in the next hour or so after we finish, um, after we finish doing a damn thing. So yeah, so nothing has changed on that regard. So yeah, man. So with all with with that being said, we are here. Let's let's get into it. All the all the particulars and the intros out of the way. We're here. Let's do it. Let's plant let's plant that it. flag down and let's, let's go. <laughs> but first let's and foremost, it, man. man, how how are but how are you, man? How is your week? How's life? I'm, uh, I'm doing well. My apartment is still being furnished. As you can see, there's an empty wall here, but there will be things behind here probably about a week or two. So we'll see. You can see my Knicks blanket on the couch right there. Shout out. I see uh, it. To yes. New York Knicks right there. Um, I do have like a recording sign there that I had in my old place that I'm going to be putting up. Um, I have a couple pictures. I do have a cool like neon sign that says the dime that I'll be putting up, which is pretty cool. Um, Got to get one for any given Sunday as well. And all my shows, that's my plan going forward. So like when you look behind me, it's just a cool array of, th- of neon signs and, and uh, cool things. So that's the goal. We'll see. And I'll probably be moving by the end of the year because that's what you do in Los Angeles. You just move from apartment to apartment. I know all too well uh, of what it is about renting. But um, as for me, you see an old unhooked TV, sorry, in my fireplace. I'm, I'm in the pro- for those who don't know, I'm in the process of selling my house. Right. So I'm basically living out of a suitcase slash garbage bag, both, um, and a box. Um, so yeah, things that I would normally have up and want to have up, don't have bought a new house that house is being built so you know in the next six months or so things are going to look a lot different behind me um i'm too lazy to put up the green screen so sue me if you hate oh, me too f that old lg that. an old lg tv on the wall see what you get baby this is my life i'm not, I'm not you're putting here up to a green screen us. you're here you're yes. here to see us you know right. that's, that's, that's how i look at you, it you're gonna go through the struggle with us all right. Yes. Yes. It's like it's like Period. watching a child learn and and just yes. watching each step of their development. And yep. you guys are gonna feel like proud parents. So hopefully you guys do when by the end. You know, by I'd say by 2022, by January 2022, things will look a lot different. Oh yeah. Um, and who knows? Maybe there's a podcast studio in the future. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe working and on some. I've, I've already thought on, of things like that. I've been thinking working on like some. That. Uh, yes, you and I both, but, uh, <laughs> but enough, but enough of that, man. I'm glad you're doing good. I'm doing okay. Long week and, uh, ready to talk some basketball. Uh, let's do it, man. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, game three of the NBA finals, um, ended a little over an hour ago. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, 120, 100 winners in game three to get on the board in this series. So it's still a 2-1 series with the advantage going, obviously, to Phoenix. But uh, we we have a series, at least. At least right now, anyway, we have a series. Um, I guess first, first question, um, are you surprised at the results of tonight's uh, game? No, actually, I'm not. I did, I did expect the Bucks to come out and win this game. I do think Phoenix is going to win the series, but... 
that doesn't mean they're gonna lose a couple games and i you know if the bucks are gonna take a couple i think game three would be the game i, I would really shock me if the sun swept this series or totally dominated the series no matter how much of the better team they looked in the first uh two games but the bucks you know they're here for a reason Giannis, i mean i would have never known that he only broke his leg like two weeks ago he's playing out of his mind um and today you saw like i think there are a lot of all the X factors to me are on display tonight. Chris Middleton has to play well with the Bucks. Drew Holiday has to play well with the Bucks, and DeAndre Ayton can't get into foul trouble. Um, I know Devin Booker was off. I know Devin Booker was off. That's not going to happen. We can talk about that because I I don't remember him playing today, which is funny. <laughs> was he on? The no, I was yeah that, yeah I, he I, was non-existent. I mean, it was just, yeah it was, he was yeah he was bad today. But he's not going to be bad for the rest of the series. But to me, if Middleton. And Drew Holiday play well. The Bucks have a serious chance in this series. And without DeAndre Ayton, the Suns don't have anybody to rim protect. And that's a problem uh, when Giannis is on the other side of the ball because that's how you stop Giannis. You got to build a wall. You got to protect the hoop. And if Ayton's out, once they once the Suns went small, they were scrappy in the beginning. They made a little bit of a run, but you know they couldn't overcome the size of of the Bucks and Giannis, and it, that was to their detriment. So everything that needed to happen for the Bucks happened today. I'm not really surprised. Um, even that they won big, I'm not really surprised. I did expect them to win this game. So doesn't mean I think they're going to win going forward, but you know, I do expect this competitive series. The Suns, let's, you know, I know a lot of people love them. They're, you know, fun story, CP3, the Valley, those uniforms, Suns in four. This Phoenix Suns team is not a dominant team. Let's not pretend like this team is like one of the best champions we've ever had. This is a very beatable team. You know, they could, they could lose a series. They could lose a series. I'm not saying they can, but I think people are overrating the Suns a little bit. This is not a, you know, uh, all timer here. <laughs> no, this, isn't, this, this isn't the 93 yeah. Suns, you know, almost, yeah. almost could have won. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I'm with you on everything he said. Uh, only thing I disagree on is I, I, I don't know. We haven't done a show since we, that's another thing we did a show, but didn't post it. It's, it's been a long couple weeks. So it hasn't, it hasn't. <laughs> July so, 4th happened. This July 4th happened. Yeah. We, so we did a show that weekend or last weekend and just completely forgot to post it. It was Wednesday and I was like, oh shit, we didn't post that show. Okay. So yeah, there you go. Um, but anyways, um, anyways, like I was saying, um, I actually have the Bucks winning this series. I think the Bucks okay. are going to win this series in seven initially is what I picked it. Um, I just think the Bucks have... I, 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 a, I just think, like you said, the Suns are not this invincible team. They're a good team, nice, young, good team. They may be a great team someday down the line, especially if Booker and, and Aiden continue their ascension um, to being, you know, p- you know, potential superstars and 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 pillars of this franchise. But they're not there right now. They're still a very, they're a good team, but a very good team that's beatable. Um, and I think they match up, and I think these are two evenly match up or evenly matched teams. So I don't yeah. see where the Suns have an overwhelming advantage over the Bucks, and obviously vice versa. I do think the Bucks though have the best player. Uh, Giannis is the best player on the court every given night, and I believe that every time you have a best player on the court, you have a chance. And yeah. and if you start just looking at the rosters, you know, I, I think again evenly matched. Uh, you know. Some people may favor the Suns roster a little bit more because it's younger and, and full of upside. But I mean, if you just look at it on paper right now, I think it's pretty closely evenly matched. I mean, if you want to give Phoenix a slight edge or you want to give Milwaukee a slight edge, whatever, it's your choice. But I just think that these two teams are very evenly matched. And honestly, like, I think the Bucks. The reason that they're in a situation right now where they're down two one is because they just played so badly, uh, specifically game one. I thought they played okay in game two, just 
you know, the, just Phoenix played better and they just, Giannis got no help from anybody else. But Giannis is having a historic final so far. Um, he's clearly been the best player. Um, as far as tonight's results, yeah, not, not much of a surprise there. You knew, you knew Milwaukee would come out with the desperate, with the desperation and the intensity to try to, you know, get on the board in this series. Um, I, they did some of the things that, I I said on dead end this past week that they should do. I thought they should have gone small. I think Brooke Lopez is a problem in the series. Um, he's too slow. The Suns play fast. They're, that's how they want to play. They want to get up and down the court. They want to play fast. They're not. The Suns are not a half court team. Everybody thinks that they're a half court team because of Devin right. Booker and his mid range game, and obviously you have DeAndre Ayton. But the, when the Suns are at their best, they're actually an up tempo team. They're playing fast all the time. And I think that to either beat the Suns, you either got to slow them down and, and, and grind the game out, or you got to play at their tempo and match their tempo. And I think that that's what the Bucks did today. They, 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 they sped things up a little bit. They played at their tempo. They took Brooke Lopez out. I think the insertion of Bobby Portis was huge. He gave them some energy. Um, he, he helps with the matchup, especially with Crowder on the perimeter. Um, so I think they did some of the things they made some of the, who, who would have thought coach Bud made an adjustment. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, right? It's it's amazing. Yeah. No, but I thought they made some good adjustments. Things that I I called for um, after game two, and I think we have a series now, man. I think the Bucks believe. Yeah. Um, I think Giannis right now. I mean, Giannis, I mean, even I know Aiden got in foul trouble, but Aiden. I mean, they have nobody that can guard Giannis. I mean, Giannis is, it's barbecue chicken all day with Giannis. I mean, they just literally have nobody. I mean, Aiden gives them a little bit of a problem because obviously the length and the physicality, the physicality. but other than that, I, I just, I don't see anybody on the Suns roster that can, that can contain Giannis. If Giannis is playing this way, that's another thing. This stretch of games is the best I've ever seen Giannis play. Like he, I agree. he's aggressive. He is, he's being, he's be, he, there's a, there's a nastiness to him. There's a physicality to him that I don't think you always see from Giannis. Um, I think he's, he's, he understands the assignment and he's, he's, he's up for the task. Um, I think he sees it. I think he smells it. I think he can smell a ring. If he play, if he does his part and just gets a little bit of help, I think he knows that a championship is there for him. So um, yeah, Giannis has played in, um, incredible. Um, really, really incredible yeah. this final. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised by the by the the blowout tonight. I'm not surprised that the Bucks won, and I think we got a series. And if Giannis continues to play this way, um, yeah, we're 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 definitely in for a long series. I don't think we're in for a long series anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think Giannis is going to continue to play this way. But for me, it, it is the X factors of Middleton. Middleton has to play well. He does. He has yes. to. Drew. Yeah. Um, I don't think Drew necessarily has to play the way he played tonight. You have to get contributions from everybody else. I mean, but Middleton has to play well. And like I said, I think Drew, right, I look. think Drew has to play like he did tonight. I think Drew, maybe not to this level, but he, he has not to, to play. He was mostly. phenomenal tonight. He was phenomenal tonight. I mean, in games one and two, he was, I mean, I mean he was, he was garbage. Player. He was not, he was, yeah, he, he was, was garbage. Worst, yeah. He was, he was worst playing on the court in, in games one and two. Um, but to me, Pat Collins is playing really well. Bobby Portis yeah. gave him some good minutes today after, you know, uh, a DNP. So, you know, both, which both I didn't understand, it. which I just could not understand because it's because in game one, what they were doing is they were they were doing a pick and roll, switching whoever Bobby Portis was guarding, and they would just go at Bobby Portis, and it was just food all day. They were going, they're picking on him literally all second half. I mean, everything was against Bobby Portis. Instead of making an adjustment of like, hey, maybe let's hedge to the screen, or maybe right guard the pick and roll different. I'm just going to take out Bobby Portis because he was more attached to the game plan. He was actually playing Bobby Portis. Which right. changed which changed this game. Um, but yeah, I think Bobby's Porter's his energy is just you can't you can't manufacture that. That's something that he brings to the table. I think it's really important. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I think the Bucks can win the series. The reason why I picked the Suns in seven. So we both had it going seven. I wasn't yeah. one of these people like disrespecting the Bucks saying Suns in five, which I saw a lot of. <laughs> um, but yeah. to me, you know, not knowing how Giannis was going to respond after his injury was part of it. Also, I don't trust Drew Holiday to be consistent offensively. I don't trust I, – I kind of trust Middleton to be consistent offensively, but not too much. I just know that the Suns' role, role players are probably more likely to be more consistent. Um, I think they're better coached. Monty Williams, to me, is a way better coach than Budenholzer. And they have home court advantage. So to me, I was like, given all that, I think two teams are evenly matched. You can convince me of any team winning, but I'll take the Suns in a seventh game. So that was my logic there. No, it makes sense. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that logic. I mean, it's it's it's, yeah. it's smart money. I think if you're the smart betting man, I think you would have to go pick the Suns right now. But again, I just um, I think it's an evenly matched series. I mean, this is just this is a pick 'em series to me. I mean, I think that these are two evenly matched teams, and I don't I don't see one team having an overwhelming advantage. I will say this: if Booker doesn't wake up and play better, <laughs> the Suns are going to be in trouble. He, I mean, obviously, yeah. I think he will, but I mean, tonight, I mean, he was. I I, I honestly thought he got hurt. Like I didn't know what yeah. happened to. Like has anybody seen him? Heard him? Like I, he was just non-existent. Like, they kept showing him on the bench, just looking into space, like. Yeah, and I'm just like, what is going on with Devin Booker? Did he hurt himself? Yeah. Did he? Did he? He just added it. He just, he just added it. He's just one of those games. Yeah, and yeah. you know, hey, he's got to be. He's got to match Giannis, man. He's got to match yeah. Giannis for this team, and you, you can't have one of those games. You know, you want to be light Mamba and all that other stuff. Like, you, you you can't have a game like this in the NBA Finals. You know, this was a right. game, especially on the road. So, I expect him to play better, obviously, in Game Four. But again, I I, I disagree with you. I think Drew Holiday has to play this way. For for the Bucks to win a championship, I, I, this he's their X factor because you pretty much know what you're going to get. Nine type, yeah, he's capable of that. It's not like you you know, it's not yeah. like this is Jeff Teague and you're asking him to do something beyond his means. I mean, Drew Holiday is a guy who, for his career, has been you know seventeen and and seven type of guy, right? So this is not beyond his numbers or whatever. This is not beyond his capabilities. Drew Holiday is a very good player and he's a guy that makes a lot of money for a reason because he's got the potential. Obviously he's a two way player and he's got the potential to be play like this each and every night. I don't think you're asking a lot by asking Drew Holiday to contribute, you know, at the very least 20 and 8, 20 and 9 every single night. And I still think that when he plays up to this level, he's their X factor because again he is that two way player. He gives them a guy that can create shots for himself and others, and he he brings it on the defensive end. Uh, yeah, but if I'm, so, if I'm the Suns, I'm letting him take those step back threes all day. I mean, he hit him today, but like that's true. I'm, I'm that's I'll, true. I'll let Drew beat me. I'll let Drew beat. Me. Go ahead. Uh, I'll yeah, take my chances. Yeah. Especially two one right now. I don't think you can do it three out of four times. Three out of five times. So obviously the Bucks win. So we've, we've dissected the Bucks, but, but what do you think the Suns have to do to get back on track in game four? Obviously besides obviously Devin Booker playing better. Yeah. Um, I, 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 have, I think there's a problem in the sense that they can't go small against the Bucks, And I think the Suns go small. When they go small, it's, it's a lineup that pretty much works for them, but they can't do it against the Bucks because Giannis will just no. destroy them. So you yeah. have to keep Aiton in the game. You have to keep Aiton evolved, especially defensively. He doesn't have to you know, have 22 points and, and, and whatever, but you know, the Bucks, Giannis was just getting like even the Bucks are missing Giannis just grabbing O boards over people and just putting it back in. I think he had 24 points in the paint today, which is ridiculous. And mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with DeAndre Ayton beating foul trouble. So for me, a lot of it is just being available. You know, I think DeAndre Ayton has to stay out of foul trouble. I think that Deb Booker obviously has to play better, you know, um, speed the ball up 
you know, get into transition a little more, you know, don't fall into this half court set against the, the Bucks. Um, not that the Bucks are that great defensively. I still think that, you know, Budenholzer doesn't really know how to adjust in time necessarily um, to, mm-hmm. to adjustments. But uh, if, if I'm the Suns, I'm still confident, man. I have first two games at home. You look like the better team moving the basketball. Well, just got to get Booker involved a little bit. If I'm Monty Williams, I'm, I'm calling his number early in the game and I'm trying my best to keep DeAndre Ayton out of foul trouble. So. Yeah, I think the Suns may have a potential problem again, because like you said, they can't go small against the Bucks. And honestly, even their normal rotation or their normal lineup could be a problem if Milwaukee makes the right adjustments. Like, like I said before in the beginning, I, I think Brooke Lopez is a guy that may not play a lot. If I'm Budenholzer, I don't think Brooke Lopez plays a lot in the series for me. Um, I think the, the Bucks' best lineup is Giannis at the five. Um Bobby Portis or whoever, but Bobby Portis at the at the four, and then of course you have Drew uh, Middleton and um, and PJ. I think that's their best lineup to me. Um, yeah. And 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 I would I would I would sit Brooke Lopez in this series, or at least make him a part of the second unit. And that's the lineup I go with, and that's the lineup I start Game Four with. I mean, obviously they won tonight, so I don't think you need to make such a drastic you know, change like that. But I think that that's their best lineup. And that's the lineup that I think would give Phoenix. Pro- I give it gives, it gives Phoenix problems two ways, right? Because if they go small, that's a perfect matchup for Milwaukee. And I think if they play their regular lineup, I think you bring Aiden out from the post a little bit and you make him in a position where he's guarding Giannis out in the perimeter. And that's also barbecue right. chicken all day, every day too. So um, yeah, I, I think, I think the, I think the Bucks might've stumbled onto something and it's just going to be interesting to see if Monty Williams and the Suns adjust. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put Aiton on Giannis to be honest with you. I wouldn't. I would put someone else on Giannis and have Aiton help. I, what I would do is I would overhelp at the rim and make us kick it and just hope they don't beat you from three. Your PJ Tucker don't issue, beat you from three. The issue is You're, the issue is who do you put? Who's who's the other person that you put on <clears throat> on Giannis? Because it's it's not going to be Bridges. That's barbecue chicken. Um, Crowder. It's going to be. Yeah, I would put Crowder, but it's I, you're right though. Whoever he puts on, you're right. You're you're exactly right. But to me, if you put if you bring Aiton away from the hoop, that's even worse. Your best chance is to okay. Giannis is going to get to the hoop no matter what. Let's have right. Aiton help and make him pass the ball. Make put get the ball out of Giannis's hands and make Connington beat me. Make PJ Tucker beat me. Make Bobby Portis beat me. I'm not having Giannis mm-hmm. beat me. I'm just going to double team him when he gets to the hoop. If you form a wall, Aiton's that help guy, rim protector. And that's that because if if Giannis goes by Aiton on the perimeter, who's going to stop Giannis when he gets to the hoop? I'd rather have him in help. Nobody, and I rather nobody. have I rather have Aiton helping over so Giannis sees that and he's tempted right. to pass the ball out. So going so going off your point, which I agree, the yes, and that's why it's even more important for Middleton and especially Drew to continue their production um, right. the way they played tonight. Especially Drew. To right. me, I mean, if Drew plays well, I I. I I don't think the Suns have an answer for all three guys. I really don't. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in game four. Obviously, game four might be one of those games that swings the series in one direction or another. Um, I think if you're the Bucks, I think you just got to continue to keep doing the same things that work tonight. You know, I think yeah. more Bobby Portis. I agree. Bobby Portis is the key to me. He brings an energy and a toughness. Um he kind of brings a similar, he, he kind of brings some of the similar things that that Crowder on the other end brings. Um 
so I would I would continue that. And yeah, man, I, I, Giannis is just, I mean, again, this is the best basketball Giannis has played in his career, in my opinion. I mean, since I've been watching him. I yeah. mean, he's just been assertive. He's been dominant. Like he's physical. He forgot like, the three not... point line existed. That's exactly what he needed to do. And that's and that's, that's a great thing. Existed. Matter of fact, don't even matter of fact, yeah. don't even bring it up. Don't even say anything because right. he might remember. And then he might start right. taking <laughs> rainbow threes or some shit like that. Like, no, it's it Giannis, this is the way you play. This is Giannis at his best. Yeah. And and even his mid-range game, like Giannis has a quiet. A quietly underrated mid-range game. Like it, I, it's still kind of cringe when he takes like a fadeaway jumper, but uh, I, no, his jumper, it's his, 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 it's not bad. Like you see that there's there's something there. That's what. Right. See, honestly, when everybody brings up like, oh, Giannis should shoot more. You know, Giannis needs to shoot better, and Giannis needs to improve, or needs to shoot more threes or whatever. It's like no, no, Giannis. That's his game. Eighteen foot and 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 and, and below. Like you develop that mid-range game, man. Develop that mid-range game. That little, you know, model pattern. You know, you know. Watch some of the centers from back in the day. You know, even Dirk. You know, he had a little Dirk move the other day that I thought was actually looked really nice and decent. Like, yo, this is Giannis. Like, this is your future. This is your path. Like, this is how you play. And then, obviously, on the fast break, Giannis is unguardable. So, I mean, they're always going to have that there. So, yeah. Listen, I'm excited. I I actually think we have a a long series ahead of us uh, because I know everybody basically wrote the books off after. You know, after Thursday night, and I and I, I get it. I mean, they played so badly those first two games, but yeah, I I I do think that this is going to be a long series, and it's going to be an ebbs and flow type of series. And again, before we move on, Devin Booker, come on, man! Like I I yeah. literally did not know. Like I thought he had, I thought he got hurt. <laughs> I thought he was just hurt. Like, and there were times where he was in the game where I thought he was out of the game. Like, where's Devin Booker? Yeah. Oh, he's right there. Like, I I just I, he was so non-existent tonight. Yeah, he has to show and up. I, I mean, he, you're right. He has to match Giannis. Not to show up. He has to match Giannis, who's giving him like 35 a game right now. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, and Chris Paul. I, I didn't check Chris Paul's numbers. Chris Paul had an okay game. No, he. And Chris I, Paul played really well today. He, yeah, he had a, he had a good game. But I. But that's another thing I said the other night. I was like, Chris Paul can't go out there. I mean, Chris Paul is going to be Chris Paul. I'm not saying it to be derogatory or whatever. Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer, obviously. Yeah. But if Chris Paul's out there have, dro- dropping 30 and 15, the Bucks are done early like you can't let chris paul go off for 30 like you just right. you know yeah I, that's that's a recipe for disaster so keeping chris paul contained a little bit is also a key for for the bucks and i think they did that for the most part tonight still had a good game but he didn't go crazy so yeah it's a long series man i think we're gonna you know after, after everybody basically you know had this you know five games and out i i i don't see five games the only way i can see five no. games if booker just goes crazy in game four and the bucks just you know lay an egg or something and and right you know you know th- then this series will be done in five but other than that yeah i think that this is a long series and i would not be surprised if we're back next tuesday next wednesday i believe game seven i have to look at the calendar but i think it's next tuesday or wednesday night back in phoenix for game seven i would not be surprised i would love that oh and i think and i think and i think it would be perfect for this for this postseason right we've had a really good postseason so i think it would be perfect to to cap this postseason with a uh a nice crisp game seven yeah absolutely yeah yeah for sure um it, 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 so moving on into what everybody else has been talking about in the sports world, because apparently, you know, it's not enough to it's not enough to talk about, uh, you know, NBA finals and Giannis and Devin Booker and the Suns and Chris Paul's legacy. No, we're talking about two young ladies, reporters. Um, 
TV personalities, whatever you want to call them, ESPN employees. Um, Maybe after this week or this past two weeks, maybe (laughs) I don't think you're going to be able to say at least about one of them, ESPN employees anymore. Um, Maybe both. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Maria Taylor and uh, Rachel Nichols. What are your what are your thoughts on? Oh, Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor. Thing. You're a guy that's in the industry. You you know how these things work. What uh, yeah. when you when obviously you first find out what happened or the video leaked or whatever, and of course you everything starts to burst and break and the news starts to get out there. What what are your thoughts about everything when 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 this whole thing came to light? So I read about this before I actually heard the video. So my my feelings kind of changed a little bit when I heard the video. If it makes any sense, not too much. I mean, I generally have had the same opinion. My first uh, opinion was when I was reading it, I was like, well, I can understand why Rachel, as a woman, like or someone in general, like is kind of scared for their job. You know what I mean? Um, then I started reading the comments about, you know, what's the guy's name? Um, she was on the phone call with. I forgot his name. Jesus Christ, I forgot his name. Oh, man. the guy she was on the phone. Uh, the guy she was on the phone call with mentioned, you know, that he was being, he was tired of the Black Lives Matter movement and Me Too and things of that nature. And I read that she left. I read that she left. So in my head, the laugh was like, ah, like a, like a, ah, like a nervous, like, I'm only laughing because you're a man with power. And I feel like I have to laugh. And then she said something about Maria Taylor, which to me is the typical, like, performative ally you know in front of everybody's face but now that there's cameras off like i could be comfortable and say what i will say when i heard the audio though bro when i heard the audio it went from her being like a quasi ally to like oh she didn't even support the shit like she (laughs) like she's not even like for for any of this because that was like the joker laugh she's like that white woman she's like that she's like that white woman that called the called the cops on the dude uh, that was walking a dog or whatever like you remember that story yeah, because it when after reading it, it I had like one perception was like I could understand. I, I think whether Maria was black, white, whatever, I can understand Rachel Nichols being like, "Yo, this was my job." Like, and I could understand. I, 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 I this may be unpopular, but I can understand where someone's head goes. Damn, like are they just hiring her? Like, I get that. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I get that because like you know that there's a push for diversity. You've had this job for a long time, and to me, Maria's fantastic at her job. She's one thousand percent fantastic. I'm not saying they're both that's good. Reasonable. That's the sad yeah. part. They're both they're both really good at their jobs. But that's the, that's kind I of the, understand the, the sad irony. Yeah, I can give grace to someone where it's just like, okay, I get I, I get why you you can originally think that, and you have to work through it in your head. But after hearing the audio, I was like, oh. No, <laughs> you don't get that anymore because you sound like somebody who, who isn't, who doesn't understand this issue, and not only doesn't understand this issue, doesn't really agree with this issue, or think that's an issue. Uh, and this is not about just you losing your job. This is this is a little bit more than that. And it was just kind of disappointing to hear. Not that I've ever, to be honest with you, I, I was never a fan of Rachel Nichols. I always felt like she was kind of condescending, or like she was reading me a lullaby every time she was talking, and it was just kind of like I don't know, just. <laughs> it's just she's just not my style i'm not saying she's not good at her job she's just not my style of, of anchor um <laughs> but yeah man i the yeah, audio I changed changed everything for me and you know i i do think that you know there's a lot of nuance in situations and there's a lot of different ways you can take the way people say things and you know things can be taken out of context in two or three minutes and i understand that but to me after the way she laughed and then she used that as an end to complain about maria taylor and diversity it was just yeah. like just using induct reasoning it's just like oh, okay like you you're not an ally. Like it's not even. You're not even no. a performative ally. Like, you're, you're you're just not an ally at all whatsoever. Um. So I. It's just unfortunate, man. And I just think it comes. You know, it, it brings about what you talk. You talk about this a lot. You know, 
those who are like the Hillary Clinton voter, right? Who will vote for Hillary, go to the booth. But, you know, when it comes down to it, when the feet to the fire, they're going to, you know, turn their backs on their uh, Black Lives Matter movement and Black women and Black men. And that's just the way it is. And um, yeah, so that's a perfect example of that. That's that's what I think of when um, we were going to have this conversation. I, I kind of feel like I knew where you were going to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree with everything Rachel Nichols yeah. said. And I free Rachel Nichols. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. First of all, um, this story upsets me for so many reasons. First and foremost, yeah. I, like, I, like you, I read the transcript of what she said before I watched the video. And I was already pissed off reading it. And then, of course, yeah. you watch the video and it's it's just as moronic and ignorant as she sounds. And let me put this out there. People can say racially insensitive things. People can say stupid things and not be racist. I don't think Rachel Nichols is a racist. I don't, I don't think she is either. Yeah. Maybe she is. Maybe she's not, but I don't think so. Did she say something racially insensitive? Yes. First of all, this idea, but let's, 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 let me just debunk this now. Like this idea that companies all over the world for years have been lining up to just give black people opportunities left and right because it's just cool and the good thing to do is such a myth and it's so far-fetched. This idea that like diver- diversity hires became a thing like what six months ago? For the last like yeah. s- for like the last hundred years. Floor. Since like George Floyd, but you'll, you'll, right. you are, some people are like, well, what about affirmative action? And that's a whole, and that's, where, and, and, that's, that's where, and that's where, and that's, yeah. and that's where I was going to, right? Because this idea yeah. that, oh, like every black person in a successful position is somehow a diversity hire or a, right. you know, an affirmative action hire and not like, oh, this person's actually good at their job is so, it's, it's, it's not only, it's not only disrespectful and demeaning to that person and to the race or the, culture of people but it's just factually incorrect like these things don't happen it's a myth it's a fallacy like black people haven't just been getting jobs just because right because it's a diversity thing no absolutely not if anything i would argue that black people more and more black people should have more opportunities but they don't because of their black because of their blackness because they are black but that's a but that's a conversation for a whole nother day well yeah like the, the rachel nichols thing look i'm with you We've all been in situations where someone gets a promotion or someone gets something that you want in the workplace. And of course, you're upset, you're angry, you're mad, you you have an, a gamut of emotions. Obviously, we've all been there. We've all wanted a job or we've all had a job and somebody comes in, takes your job or takes the promotion you wanted and you feel like, yo, that's fucked up. I'm better than this person. He, whoever, man, woman, whatever. We've all been there. But to basically demean the other person and basically act like she has no talent or worse yet, only act like she's in the position because she's a diversity hire it, it, it's so insulting and disrespectful that it, it, it doesn't you can't even you, you shouldn't even warrant it with a response right like you shouldn't even right. warrant it without and here's the thing you don't even have to like maria taylor like there's people like broadcasting is like anything right People have their own flavors and niche and, and styles of that they like. Some people like some certain things. Some people like other things. Some people like certain broadcasters. Some people don't like certain broadcasters. I like Tony Romo. There's a significant amount of fans that don't like Tony Romo. There's fans that that don't like Chris Collinsworth. Me. There's fans that love Chris Collinsworth. I'm just using NFL announcers for some reason, but follow me. <laughs> like, 
Like there's NBA announcers that people love and there's NBA announcers that I don't like. I'm sure there's people that loved, loved Chris Webber. Although I, I seriously have to check your, I, I, your mental well being. Show yourself. Show yourself. If you're a Chris Webber fan, please, <laughs> please get leave. Get out. But, but I'm, but I'm sure that there is people out there that love Chris Webber. Right. And the majority of people hated Chris Webber. Yeah. His parents. Yes. His, parents. <laughs> his girlfriend, his girlfriend yeah. or his wife or whoever they loved him. Uh, his family. Um, but but the point is like there's people I'm sure that there's people that 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 love certain announcers and other people that don't. It's okay. But to sit there and say like oh someone doesn't deserve the job or someone doesn't, you know, isn't hasn't earned this position. It's so it's just so offensive. And the fa- and, and what's more offensive about it is that this isn't some like Clay Travis figure, right? This isn't some, you know, some right. person that paints themselves as being this like conservative or voice for conservative sports. Like no, this is a person that is quote unquote an ally you know if you listen to twitter she's basically having a romantic relationship with jimmy butler but i that's a whole nother rabbit hole for another day we should do an episode on conspiracy theories that'd be fun conspiracy nba conspiracy theories we'll be here all night on that one Um, (laughs) david stern screwed the knicks in 97 a bunch of them but uh, (coughs) a bunch of them right but no it's like it's like this person that painted herself as being an ally and this person that you know this white person that 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 spoke truth to power and and you know was trying to you know present a voice to black lives matter on the air and all these other things and it's like no you're just another white person that performs this shit for for convenience and whatever and then when the cameras are off you don't believe anything that you're saying you don't believe anything that that, that's being out there so yeah she's she's fake and it's funny but the thing that really upsets me the most about this whole thing like the, the 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 thing that really takes the cake i don't know if you knew this but do you know that rachel's nichols mother-in-law is diane yes. Yes. sawyer yeah <laughs> i didn't know this yeah like yeah okay. now yeah. i'm not saying that diane sawyer created rachel nichols career i'm not no. saying that diane sawyer got rachel nichols the job at espn or cnn or wherever right i'm not saying that Rachel Nichols is a talented person. She's not for everybody. I will admit, Rachel Nichols, I've before tonight or before this week, I've never had a bad thing to say about Rachel Nichols. I thought she was fine in her role, right? So I'm not saying that Rachel Nichols didn't work hard, you know, fought tooth and nail to get every little scrap of success that she's has, right? But you can't tell me that you have Diane Sawyer's number in your call log and tell me that doesn't help. As a resume on your reference, you have you have Diane Sawyer. Diane Sawyer. Yeah. You know, this isn't some, you know, some chick that's, you know, doing the evening news in Tacoma. Like this is Diane fucking Sawyer. Probably <laughs> one of the most recognizable news reporters in the last 50 to 100 years, right? Ever, like ever. Whatever. Ever, ever. 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 She's your mother-in-law. Like you're not going to convince me that she didn't play a role in getting you at least in the door, yeah. Getting you an interview, getting you looked at. So nepotism is at play here. So someone that potentially could have benefited from nepotism is getting on somebody else for being a quote unquote diversity hire. I mean, come on, man. This shit. I mean, the 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 the, the level of gall that takes. And that and well, that just speaks uh, uh, to privilege. And that just speaks to privilege, right? Doesn't it? Because it's like it's like the fact that you don't even see where you're wrong on so many levels, it's it's the ultimate sign of white privilege. 
also like maria's dope <laughs> like it's not like espn is like hiring someone who like is off right. the street and it's like oh random black lady go join the fight no that's not what's happening maria's paid her dues like espn has leaked after this whole thing happened that maria won three million dollars from espn and the reason why they leaked that's because make her look bad don't make, make no mistake about right. that and has been right. leaking a lot of things about maria taylor ever since this incident happened to make rachel look a little better which i actually find a little alarming as well um but yeah, like there's a reason why she's commanding that money because she's really good at her job. She, to, I mean, I prefer, and this is preference, obviously this is subjective, but I prefer Maria over Rachel, and that has nothing to do with her color of her skin. And I do, and I do too. Yeah, and I do and too. I just, and look, just, somebody, me personally, somebody, I just, I like her. Yeah. And somebody may listen to this and say, "Well, I like Rachel Nichols," and that's fine if you like exactly. Rachel Nichols. That is, that if is you your don't like Maria Taylor, and you like Carrie Champion, or you like, you know. Right. Becky Sue in Iowa. I don't care. It's not about Becky who you like. Everybody, everybody that you like is, is who you like. That's fine. Right. You don't have to explain it to me or whatever. Like, that's fine. Right. It's not about that. It's about the yeah, fact but- that this person got a position and she deserved it. And that now the company ESPN is trying to bag on her. You know, Rachel Nichols, who I'm sure till about a week ago thought that she was an ally. Is trying to bag on her, like it's just so disgusting to see on all parts, right? Yeah. It's on all parts, and that's and that's the thing with ESPN. It's like if you don't want to pay her the three million, if you don't think that she's worth it because you're ESPN and you're bleeding money, that's fine. Yeah. Just don't pay her, but don't make the girl look bad. You know what I'm saying? Out the door potentially, and and like try to like sabotage her career, make her out to be like this diva because God forbid she wants to be paid what she's worth. And I'm Maria Taylor. I'm like, why not? You know what I mean? If you're paying Skip Bayless, I know it's a different company, but if Skip Bayless is getting eight million dollars and Stephen A is getting eight million dollars, if I'm Maria Taylor, I'm like, well, hold on. Why can't I get three? Why can't I get four? I'm not only doing basketball, but I'm also doing college football. Your second biggest property. Third biggest property, right. depending on if you want to look at the NFL. Second. I mean, Definitely but, second. But college football, college, college football is their yeah. college football is yeah. their biggest property at ESPN because they don't really have an NFL package besides Monday. Yeah, night Monday, football. Monday night's not what it used to be. No, yeah. college football is their biggest is their second biggest property, and she's she's one of the the lead voices of that. So if I'm yeah. Maria Taylor, I'm like, yeah, you're gonna give me my bag. Like, not only am I a voice on basketball, but I'm a voice on college football. You know what I mean? Like I'm hosting all these studio shows. Like, yeah, why not? Especially when you set the precedent, you've paid all yeah. these other people millions of dollars in the past to do nothing. Like, you know, why can't I get my bag? You know what I'm saying? And if you don't want to pay her, then don't pay her, but don't sabotage the girl's career. And then, and then it's like, and then it's like, it, again, it's ESPN, the co- woke by convenience, you know, Oh, black lives matter and all this other shit. And it's like, no, you're trying to, you're trying to tear down a our, black woman here. That's trying to, that's our, trying to do the capitalistic thing. Color. Our right, exactly. Was rainbow <laughs> exactly exactly oh, and again that just and no, that's just, and, and, I, and that just speaks to what i've always one of my core issues that i that i talk about constantly you alluded to it it's like yo, be careful of these allies man be careful of these people that scream to the tops of their mountain tops you know um black lives matter and equality and you know hey i support all these movements because you know a lot of people are the phony man and when it when it comes down to it when it comes down to it if you're not willing to put your skin in the game if you're not willing to really 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 fight for equality and 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 equity then you're just talking 
you're just talking out of your ass and you're not really yeah. being you're not really you're not being real and you're not being you're not helping the cause you're just you're contributing to it and those are the worst kind of people i respect i respect clay travis because at the end of the day he is what he is he doesn't lie what he he, he doesn't lie what he's, sure. what he's about or 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 what's his face fat fuck um jason whitlock <laughs> uh, whitlock yeah i call him yeah. fat fuck with uh, jason whitlock like at least he's honest about what he what he what he believes in and what he comes from i don't i can't i can't stand him and i can't agree with anything that he says but at least he's honest about where he stands the people yeah. at rachel nichols are the ones that that drive me insane they're, they're, they're typical liberals they're, they're typical ivy league you know coastal liberals that people bag on it's like these people that are like oh yeah we support equality we support gay rights we support all these things unless uh, until it happens in my backyard and then it's like yeah, oh i don't and, want anything to do with it and they're the reason why they like a lot of conservatives think that what we advocate for is very performative. You know, like a lot of times, like when the Chauncey Phillips situation was going on, a lot of people were like, Oh yeah, are you really like, do you really care about women? Are you just being performative? Like, and a lot of people who don't advocate for the same positions we do think that it's all performative because the people like Rachel Nichols. And like I said, I could understand like the gut reaction of like, wait a second, like why is she getting the job? And I think it's very natural for someone who's, and I don't think Rachel Nichols is a racist and you said the same thing. I don't think Rachel Nichols is, but I think, it's, I think it's very natural for someone who's having their job taken to go, okay, why is this happening? Is it because she's better than me? Is it because it is a diversity hire? But the problem is she doesn't take the next step and be like, it's not. Like it, that's not what it is. And going back to the conversation early, like beforehand with Paul, uh, his name's Adam Mendelson talking about being exhausted with the me too movement, black lives matter. Her reaction there pretty much told me that like, Oh, like you don't even like, you're not with it. So you combine both of those things, her lack of nuance in her thought process. And again, this might be a little unfair because it's a two minute, three minute conversation. It just felt mm. like everything that people thought of her as an ally just really wasn't true. And I understand, like, again, I'll say this again, I, I do think it's, you know, we, we should be honest with ourselves and say, Hey, listen, if your job is being taken away, you start reaching for things because it hurts your ego. A lot of it is ego as well. It's like, wait a second, I'm the best person for this job. How could, how could ESPN not think I'm the best person for this job? So instead of looking yeah. inward at yourself or just giving props to the other person, you start coming up with reasons. And I think that's just the reason she came up with and, or she thought of and just kind of settled on that because, you know, Black Lives Matter movement was going on during the bubble and everybody seemed to be um, coming around to it. And that's what she just kind of settled on. And I don't think it's her being racist. I just kind of think it's those things where it's like you're an ally up until it's inconvenient for you to be an ally. And that's the real test right. of allyship. It's like no one's saying that you have if you're a white woman, you have to give up your job to a black lady. That's not anyone saying, uh, you know, no. what I'm saying if, if you're a white man, you have to give your job to a black man. No one's saying that. But at the end of the day, like be honest with yourself, like be, be inclusive with diversity, be inclusive with you know the people who are hired, understand why people are being hired, give people a fair chance, recognize ne nepotism when you're being helped, recognize your privilege, recognize <laughs> the advantages that you have. You know, it's just very, you're, she comes across very tone deaf. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Not yeah, racist, yeah. she's just very, very tone deaf. And a lot of allies seem to be tone deaf and they think all you have to do is post a black square on Instagram and you're good. Right. Yeah, that's the part that pisses me off. And and, and yeah. like I said, she may not be racist. She may be racist. Who the fuck knows? I don't. I, I don't know Rachel Nichols from a hole in the wall. I'm just saying, doesn't necessarily mean that because you say something racially insensitive, you are racist. It just means you're ignorant. Right. <laughs> it just means you're ignorant. It just means you right. you 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 have a lack of 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 awareness and you're tone deaf, highly tone deaf. But it doesn't mean you're racist. Now that being said, her use her def her using diversity hire and just kind of throwing that term out there and just right. just the tenor of that conversation that that she had with this with this clown adam whatever his face is um, mendelson 
she's someone that has these strong feelings and it's not like this was just like an emotional thing where it's like, she just right. said it in the moment and you know, whatever, like, no, his work really opened up the gates. His work yes. opened up the gates for it. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't a nervous it, laugh. I, I could understand a woman like being like, ha, ha, because there's a man of power and like, you kind of have to go along. That was not that type of laugh. It wasn't. No. And I can understand like in the moment of anger, we all say fucked up shit when we're angry. We've all I've said yeah. terrible things when I'm angry. Like I get it. It, it. It's 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 a product of emotion and and human human and it's an element of human emotion, right? But that being said, that wasn't even like a human emotional moment where it's like I was angry and I said the wrong thing. No, you really believe this shit. And then her apology was was I think the her apology was even worse because you yeah. honestly just felt like she wasn't she really didn't apologize. She didn't say anything. She wasn't, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't sorry about anything that, that was said. She was just sorry that it got out and then how it was perceived by the rest of the media that she was basically sandbagging her, her coworker, who is also another woman, by the way, you know, all that unite women and all that other stuff, you know, that, that yeah. goes out the window. So there's allyship, there's allyship even in that there's allyship in between, you know, you know, black women. And I, and I'm and sure that over the, the course of like, even the victimhood of like, Oh, ESPN's pitting two women against each other. <laughs> like, like even that, like she, that's where she takes it. Like the victimhood of like, Oh, they're doing right. this to two women. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. Right. It, it, it's yeah. And the fact that this is the biggest news or one of the biggest news stories and or sports news stories in, in, in the news cycle this past week, is just it's terrible. And it's and it has completely undercut the finals to an extent. Right. Because it's like this is a huge story, because, of course, you have the element of race. You have the element of, of two women. You know, obviously, the, the, the big ass company that is ESPN, multi-billion dollar entity. You know, so it is going to it is going to be a story that gains a lot of trash. And I think it's a story that's kind of opened up a lot of conversation about just a lot of different things in general about, you know, allyship and just be careful about, you know, you know, cuz I'm sure over the course of the year, Rachel Nichols was invited to the cookout. You know, right. oh yeah, she's invited to the cookout. And again, it's like, yo, be careful who you're quote unquote inviting to this, you know, fictional cookout of ours. Like, be careful who you're pinning your hopes on as far as allyship, man. These people aren't real. These people aren't our allies. These people aren't friends unless they show you, unless they prove to you that they're that they are that they are about the that they're uh, that they are about that action that they're about the lives that they so called live and portray themselves as being. Yeah, and that doesn't and and, and also. And I'll, and I'll end with this. That doesn't mean that Rachel Nichols sh- should just give up her job to a black woman. Like, yeah, Rachel Nichols I, should be upset that you got replaced. But when you, because I'm sure somebody's going to listen to, oh, well, should she just give up her job to anybody or should she just give up to job to any black? No, we're not saying that. And I know you said that. We're not saying that. All we're saying is, is that you can be upset. You can be angry. You can be hurt. You can be mad as hell. But when you go to the diversity hire, when you go to something racially insensitive, you lose the argument. It doesn't matter if you have a point. And to some people, maybe even to me, she may have a point. But when you go down that road, you've automatically lost. Yeah. You've automatically lost. So that's that's what it is with Rachel Nichols. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think it's it's just that that um I guess I don't what like that instinct to kind of look for excuses because it hurt your ego type of thing. Right. That's that's and also I think ego has a little bit to do with it. It's not just race. Of it's course. a it's a lot of different of factors that go along with it. But um You're in you're yeah, in the and, industry. You're in the industry. Yeah. So you know these people have egos. You you know better than anybody that these people Oh yeah, have and my, my ego has been hurt a, a few times. Like and, and here's another thing where it's just kind of like like I've I've um I end up for hosting jobs, right? Where I know that I didn't get hired because I wasn't a specific demographic, but at the same time it's like you can go like, okay, well, sometimes that's what the what the company's going for right now. Maybe they're going for that demographic because 
that demographic matches their target audience. There's a lot of other things that go with it. You know, maybe it, let's just say on the off chance they did want to hire Maria because she's black. Well, why do they want to hire Maria because she's black? Well, maybe because it's a black led sport. You have a black demographic watching. You have a mostly black panel. Like there are different reasons for things. Like that, that has something to do with casting as well. Or, so, or, or, or here, here's another one. Here's another brilliant idea. How many excellent black talented people have been passed up for white counterparts right we can't get one we can't get one right. <laughs> you know so, what i'm saying like I mean, this automatically yeah. upsets upsets the world that maria taylor may and i'm not saying this happened but what if but what if she did right okay yeah i can bring you i can give you countless thousands maybe of white people men and women that that have been that have taken the jobs of talented black black uh anchors reporters right. co-hosts etc and for all and for all Rachel knows, she probably took one because Diane Sawyer gave her a reference. <laughs> and that's the that, that's that's the part that's uh, bro. That's the part that really that's the part that's that, that really galls me. That's the that's part that really galls me, man. Uh, it's like think, the, the fact that you yeah. have the audacity to sit here and use a, a, an excuse like diversity hire when you literally are benefiting from nepotism. Yeah. And don't tell. And again, I don't know this for a fact. Neither one or neither you or I know this for a fact. But you can't tell me you have Diane Sawyer in the bullpen and right. you haven't used right. it a couple times. Like, come on, right. like, come stop on. it. I mean, but also it's also it's also less than an allyship. And I also think like you know this is new for a lot of people. I think this is a learning lesson for not just the black community but the white community, where it's like, hey, sometimes you might have to check yourself a little bit to make sure that you're really an ally. Because I bet you, if you would ask Rachel Nichols maybe a month ago or a year ago, because this happened a year ago, who's an ally, she might have said yes. You know, and she still to this day might think she's an ally. But there are certain ways that you have to go about your allyship, and there's certain things you have to exactly. check, like your privilege and and your nepotism and your place in society. And it could be a lesson to you know white people or, or or people who are passing white words just like you know allyship is not just saying black lives matter allyship is not just posting a black square on instagram but it's also recognizing the plight of the black man the plight of the black woman what they had to do to get their opportunities and even if it might affect you taking a step back and saying okay you know what this is happening for these reasons that has nothing to do with me personally but maybe this person is more qualified and they're finally getting an opportunity and even though i'm losing out on an opportunity it has nothing to do with a diversity hire it has everything to do with black women and black men finally being respected for the work that they're doing and you know at the end of the day you could always again fall back on diane sawyer and get another opportunity in about the, I, the, so. I, the idea the, exactly that's that's key yeah. as well the idea that yeah. somehow rachel nichols is being replaced and taken out the pasture to get shot and she'll never be seen on tv again it's a right. it's an again it's a fallacy like rachel nichols yeah. is going to get a job in five minutes fox sports will be all over her cbs sports i mean whatever she'll find a job this idea that that yeah. and same and if, and if the other and if the shoe was in the other foot maria taylor if she eventually or if it happens oh, She'll be, she leaves, she, she'll be fine. She'll get a job at Fox yeah. Sports and anchor their college football um, uh, program, which I actually like better than, than than ESPN's. But that's a whole other story for another day. Like she, she she'll be fine. Like both these women will be fine. Like you're right, yeah. man. The allyship it calls into question a lot about the allyship. You know that you know what this is like. This is like the person that says, "Oh yeah, I believe in gay rights. Gay people should have you know gays and lesbians should have rights to marry whoever and have the rights as any common man." I'm like, well, would, would you mind if your son or daughter was gay? Hell no. Would you want your, 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 you know, you know, would you want your daughter to be a lesbian or you want your daughter like, Oh no, no, hell no. It's like, no, 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 then you're not really an ally. It's like, you can't sit there and right. say, Oh yeah, I believe in gay rights. and Oh, but not in my backyard. Then, then, right. When then it touches, when it touches home. Yeah. And again, just you're, read it for the you're, third just, time. you're just as bad yeah. as, as the bigot right. or the, or the homophobe right. or whoever you're just, you're just nicer about it. You're quieter. Right. And to read it for the third time, it's we're not saying that Rachel Nichols should not be mad or worried or questioning why, 
issues being replaced. I think anybody who's losing a job or anybody who's being replaced has it's a natural thing to think. That's that's not what we're saying. All we're saying is that the straight path of oh it must have been a diversity hire because there's no way Maria Taylor could have gotten this. To me, that's a little troubling. And it to me, it might not have even been racial. It could have been a complete ego thing up until I heard her laugh at what Adam Middleton said. And I was like, oh, okay. And now and, I'm and connecting about yeah. And let's all pray for Adam, whatever his face is again, whatever his last name is, Adam Man. Mendel, Mendelson. Mendelberg, or Mendelson, Mendelberg, Mendelberg. <laughs> like, let's all pray for him because he's so over Black Lives Matter and 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 you know equality and and uh, equity into the African American community. He's over that, you know, because you know yeah. black men getting shot in the street, you know, unjustly by police officers and you know constantly being held down by the u.s justice system you know that's so that's that's so that's so it's so uh you know poor guy poor guy you know poor guy so let's pray for him and and the countless other black women and, and black mothers that have had to bury their black children and black wives that have had to bury their their husbands and you know the, the, the black children that have been left without fathers because you know the police officer were felt threatened by a certain guy or thought that george floyd was a threat to society because he had a counterfeit 20 dollar bill and maybe i may have had drugs in the system you know they, but adam mendelson but the key story is adam mendelson is over everything so you know that's what happens fucking guy it just pisses it just pisses me off man and again it just it just it just it just it just drives me insane but it's everything that i talk about man it's everything yeah. that i talk about man he's, i, I thought of you immediately this is the exact scenario you talk about this all the time man it's phony it's, it's the hillary clinton, the hillary clinton voter <laughs> it's, it's the hillary it's exactly who it is the it's hillary the clinton upper, voter. it's the upper west side it's the upper west side middle-aged woman <laughs> It's, it's the it's the Greenwich Connecticut it's the Greenwich Connecticut liberal that uh, you know pumps their chest out you know this yeah. is our fight song oh Hillary God, Clinton yay and it's it's that just triggered and, the hell out of me <laughs> oh that triggered the hell out of me nah man it's just, it's, just, it's so it's just so irritating, man, because it's like these people do really exist. These are the back to brunch liberals that we talk about, and it's like these are the people. Yeah. These are the That's, this is this is who the Democratic Party craves they crave these folks they they they, they Manny, i'll be honest with you this is their base this is their base that that's the democratic base. this is what you and i are trying to change you and i are trying to change the fact that democratic base is filled with a lot of these people this we're is their base now this is their base yeah. now yeah this is their base right now. but we're trying to change that we're doing our let's best hope. we're doing our best let's hope let's hope let's hope yeah. man let's hope that's why you we're guys gotta watch and support and do all this other shit so we can change this <laughs> so we don't have the rachel nichols and adam Adam, Adam, fuck faces of the world, you know, feeling so oppressed and tired that Black Lives Matter is taking up all the oxygen in the room and the conversation, you know, because poor Adam Mendelssohn, you know, he's tired. Not George Floyd. You had a fucking knee to his neck for nine minutes. Yeah, I, I think I think for the most part, a lot of those people like they, they do agree with it on principle at first. But then after a while, it's like it's like a kid, right? Like if a kid tells you he's hungry or your son or your two daughters, like, Dad, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And they just keep telling you you're hungry after a while. You go, OK, I get it. You're hungry. I think that's how they take it, where it's just kind of like, yeah, we've heard enough about it. Like we know like mm-hmm. to them, they, they're not unable. Like you and I will continue the fight for for as long as we can breathe, as long as it's an issue. You and I will wake up every day and, and think of ways where we can just make this world a better place and progress into the future. I think there are a lot of people who do agree with it on the front, whether like George Floyd who was unjustly killed. Black men and women are disproportionately affected by the criminal justice system. But then it gets to a point where it's like, oh, my God, do I have to continue to hear about this? Mm-hmm. I'm done with it. Like, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. and that's, you know, that's a hard thing. I think a lot of people don't have it in them to continue to fight for justice or have it in them to continue to, you know, 
consistently follow the news and care about these things. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I take a step back every once in a while. Like, I can't handle it today. But it doesn't mean that I stop my allyship. And it doesn't mean that I stop the fight of you know progressively moving forward. I think a lot of people do stop that fight because they get just tired of hearing about it. So then instead of they, they still might believe in the cause and everything, they still might believe in the whole mission statement, but they just don't want to hear about it anymore. And they're done with it. And they want to so even even that even that just doesn't jive with me. I'm not saying I'm, saying saying should. I'm just saying it, yeah. I'm just, yeah. it just doesn't jive with me because it's like, oh, okay, yeah. you're tired of hearing about it. Yeah. A lot of people are tired of hearing about Israel and Palestine, but you know who's not tired? Right. The Palestinians are getting violated right. and bombed and bombed and persecuted and kicked off their holy land, the land that they right. have just as much of a rightful claim as, as, as Israelis. But, you know, they're they're not tired. <laughs> they're, not not tired. they're also they're tired of getting they're tired of getting abused. Imagine how exhausted they must be living it. Like that's yeah, it. Imagine, imagine how imagine you're exhausted imagine, hearing about it. But again, how, imagine how exhausted black people yeah, are living. Adam you know, Adam Adam Mendelson Adam Mendelson is exhausted. Imagine Trayvon Martin's mom. Imagine right. you know you know Tamir Rice's mom or or, or Breonna Taylor's like, family. But dude, like even like and this is not me like oh soaking up Emmett like, Till's like, family. But even like you and your wife who like send your son out, you know your son's playing by himself. Like just little things like that, where it's like these are daily things and daily conversations that, that black families have to think about that you know a white family doesn't think about, or a passing white player, or even like Hispanic people at some point, depending where you're at. I mean, we can right. like that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to live. So if if you ever ha- if you ever find yourself thinking, oh, this is exhausting to talk about, just know that it's exhausting to live. Don't stop your allyship. Doesn't mean you have to be a social justice warrior, but don't be a performative ally. That when it comes, when shit hits the fan, that you're not there. That, and that if you're be, a perform, and if I you're mean. a performative ally, you're just as bad, if not worse, in my book than than the racist pricks that continue to uphold the system. You're just as bad. You're worse because you know better, and you have a lack of empathy, and a, and almost a general disinterest in anything because it just doesn't benefit you or directly involve you. So you just don't care one way or another. So you're, it's almost a convenience thing for you. You're worse to me than a bigot or a racist that goes out there or whatever, whatever, because you, you know better and you choose not to do anything. So, yeah. So, Hey, poor Adam Mendelson and Rachel Nichols, hopefully their, their torment and their daily exhaustion will be over soon. um, As Rachel Nichols will probably likely be out of a job and who knows, maybe Maria Taylor will be out of a job too. They'll be gone be because it to me they'll be fine. Obviously, they'll both be yeah. jobs. I would argue Maria Taylor will be better from this than 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 Rachel Nichols. I think Rachel's Rachel's star has dimmed a little bit. She might have to take a she might have to take a sabbatical and go somewhere and she'll work for fine. a little bit of repair. She'll be fine. I'm, I'm, yeah, she'll be fine compared to like normal people, everyday people. But you know, because she's got mommy's money or mommy mommy in law's money. But um, you know, she'll be fine. But like Maria Taylor right now, she's on the up, obviously, and then she's going to benefit from the news coverage of this. I don't think she's going to get much of a PR hit from from anything that's going on. And if anything, she's going to she's going to benefit for that. And Rachel Nichols, will, people's opinions of her will affect will will no longer be the same again, obviously, because they know how she really is. So but she'll get a job again. And, you know, this will be this will be moved. But I, I just don't see how you bring both these ladies back. They're both gone. Yeah. They're yeah, gone, they, so. but they'll both be fine. Yeah, they'll both be fine. So they'll both be fine. But um, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we could transition to another media beef at, at a whole another level of. This is of gonna be life. fun. This is gonna be fun. Uh, uh, 
This is where we this is where we transition into politics. I mean, is this even politics? It feels like it's not even politics anymore. It's 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 a high school beef now. It's like it's like you said this about me, and now it's like. So okay, it's it's a high school beef. Uh, for those who don't know, like Mandy and I consider ourselves progressives, and there are just people who are on YouTube who I guess are pretty influential in. Not, I wouldn't say our opinions. I think Mandy and I pretty much come to our own conclusions with type of things. But where we get our news and you know where our point of view is kind of shaped, it, it, it's like a leftist community. Um, and you know, I don't trust MSNBC. I don't. There's a lot of like news sources I don't trust. So for me, I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but there are news personalities that range from democratic to all the way to communist or even like socialist that I listen to just because I do. It just is what it is. It's right. a whole lefty sphere. And there's just been a lot of <laughs> a lot of drama going around lately. Um, this is like this is like if you're a normie Democrat in like 1960 and yeah. Dan Rather and Walter Cronkite just have this like Nas Jay Z style beef, like it's, it's a blood feud type shit. You'd be sitting there like, "What the fuck is going on?" And you're trying yeah. to keep all the details and the particulars right. of everything. It's 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 hard to. I, I've also lost track of like where we're at with everything. Listen, it all started with Aaron Mate, um, this this excellent. Uh, he's the host of the. He's a he's a host of. Um, I forget what his show is. I should I should remember. That's my bad. But he's a host. He's a, he's got his own podcast. He's also a writer. He, he does a lot of foreign policy stuff. But um, he's been one of the most avid writers and uh, you know people when it comes to everything going on in Syria. And he's been a vocal detractor of the U.S. government's handling of the whole Syrian situation from the beginning. Um, he's been like this. And as as more things have come to light and as more of the lies have come to light, because, you know, you know, what a surprise. The United States lied about bombing another country for political expedience and gain. And this goes to the Obama administration. Um, you know, so Assad was not gassing his people, uh, you know, contrary to what the Democratic Party and people have you believe. That's not that has all been disproven and has been all been basically exposed to be bullshit and a lie. But anyway, Aaron Monte has been writing about this stuff for years and years of years upon end. And him and Jank Uger got into a big ass ker- kerfuffle and Jank Uger, who is the founder and host and benefactor and whatever else you want to call him of TYT popular leftist uh, news outlet on YouTube. I mean, even people that don't aren't leftists or even involved in politics have, have heard of TYT. So, you know, Jenk Uger is pretty much the main guy on, on, on TYT. Him and Aaron Monte basically got into a Twitter spat and the thing really hit the fan when, when Jenk Uger basically smeared Aaron Monte and called him a toady for the Syrian government and that he is a you know Russian asset and all this other shit. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just giving you guys the Cliff Notes version because, it's, you know, <laughs> I'll take a page out of our friend Adam Mendelson or Mendelberg or Mendel shithead or whatever. He's, you know, he's exhausted about, you know, equity and equality for black people. I'm right. exhausted about leftist community beef. So I'm just giving you kind of yeah. the tired Cliff Notes version of it. If you guys are interested, you guys can Google everything. I mean, if you if you even have any if you have any kind of ear to the street on politics at, at all, you know what's going on because it's been probably one of the biggest news items in the political news sphere, at least on the left anyway, um, going on the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, that's basically what's going on. So then obviously 
Jank Uger and Aramate get into it. And then obviously a bunch of people in the leftist community get involved and they start calling out Jank Uger for being full of shit and TYT for being full of shit. And now you have Jimmy Dore versus who's already got his own issues with TYT. He takes the side of Aramate. And then obviously you get Jimmy Dore involved and it, it just becomes this nuclear thing. That's the problem Listen, to me. That's the problem to me. Me, me, I, I suspect <laughs> that me and you are going to disagree on this. So I'll start with you. What are your, I guess, a, what are your thoughts on the whole process at, 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 as we stand today or not, not process, but the whole situation as we stand today. And so, basically your okay. biggest issues with the whole Jimmy Dore thing. So for me, it's not even the Aramont. The, the, what did what you describe? Um, for the record, I don't know his work. For the record, I'm not a big fan of Jank Uger. I'm just not. I'm not a big fan of TYT. I don't go to TYT for any of my news. I don't. I think they're very hyperbolic. I think they're very sensationalist, and I don't trust them. I just don't. I like Anna. Um, I like John. I like them as individuals, but as a network, I don't. I don't. So, so for me, like, even if Jimmy's beefs with Jank on that were valid, to me, the way he handles things is so fucking toxic that it's it absolutely is destroying any type of. Co- coalition that we could have on the left period i know that you can say the same thing about jank calling out somebody um who and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna take your word for it because i do believe you but calling out somebody unjustly and saying that you know he's a, a whatever he is and that that can cause a lot of grift and everything like that but mm-hmm. the way that jimmy Dore handles a lot of things which is calling out the squad calling out kyle kalinsky out of all people going to war with anna kasparian where he pretty much admits that he sexually harassed her and laughed about it and then try to justify it on his show to me you can have beefs you can have spats you can have disagreements we can have little mini fights but they should never go nuclear and they always go nuclear because of Jimmy Dore and Jimmy Dore has no right calling himself a progressive has no right being the gatekeeping to progressive values. And I say this all the time to you, Manny, I might've said it on the show, but you have no business calling yourself a progressive. If during the democratic primary, you supported Tulsi Gabbard, that is ridiculous. That is absurd. And for him to attack the squad, for him to attack AOC because of their stance, on uh, the forced to vote situation when you supported a woman who didn't even support Medicare for all during the primary it was very disingenuous. It seemed very grifty. It seemed very opportunistic. And I feel like everything he's doing now is just that for him to call Kyle Kalinsky after Kyle Kalinsky did a whole nuanced video explaining that he just agreed with your point of view, Manny, what you just mm-hmm. said he agreed with. And Jimmy out of just attacks him and calls Kyle Kalinsky a dishonest player. Clinton, this is—I know a lot of people don't know who he is. If, if you're not familiar with us, but Kyle Kalinsky, basically, to me, is probably the purest of purest. I don't agree with him with everything, but I do think that he takes a stance on what he believes in. He will criticize the left, he will criticize the right, and he will do it justly. He's not a grifter. He believes what he believes, and he sticks to his principles. For Jimmy Dore to come to Kyle at Kyle Kalinsky like that after Kyle basically. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, gave him an easy pass on his video to me was is absolutely insane. I think this man is toxic. If you go on his YouTube page, I guarantee you if you go on his YouTube page, I actually can guarantee you this because I, I looked it up. All his videos, all his videos are indistinguishable from a Tim Pool video page, from a Daily Wire video page. All he does is attack the Democratic Party, the allies of the Democratic Party. Everything's on Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, the squad, anything that has to do with the left, he's attacking. You never see him calling out the Ted Cruz's of the world. You know, the 
uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. 90, 95% of his videos are attacking the left. And if you are attacking the left, you damn sure better be sure that you're attacking the right as well. I think you can criticize the left. I think you can criticize the Democratic Party. I think you can criticize centrism but you have to do in a way where you just don't turn people into like this right populist that i think he's doing i think if you look at his live chats if you look at the shows that he's on if you look at the chats that he's on these people are sometimes indistinguishable between fucking proud boys these people are right populists and he's forming right pop not he uh positives for this movement if anything he's killing everything you and i and any leftist is working hard for he's a cancer and i can understand why someone would be mad at check for saying what he said especially if it's not true and i'm going to take your word that it's not true especially if it's not true and i do think that Chen does deserve some blowback and some criticism and maybe a little bit of a, of a fight here and there but not in the way that jay's doing it jimmy is literally taking on everybody and anybody who says a negative thing about him and he's blowing it up. His show has become completely toxic. And to me, it's, it's, it's really killing any type of movement that we have. I, I have a huge problem with him. I don't even, I, I a huge problem with him. Huge. I can't tell. I can't tell where you stand on this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous, really? man. For I, those, for those, for those listening or watching, um, you rarely get Josh worked up like this, so you really got to trigger him. <laughs> on some shit. For real. I'm usually I'm usually the worked up one. Um, listen, man, I'm with you. I'm not even the biggest. Like I, I know it comes off like I'm a, a big Jimmy Dorf fan. I'm not. Like I'm. No, I don't think I like are. him. More, I, I like I'm, I like him more than you, but I'm not like the biggest Jimmy Dorf fan. I'm actually more of a Kalinsky fan than Jimmy Dorf, but whatever. Same. Yeah. Um, but. I, I don't think Jimmy Dore is a grifter. I don't think Jimmy Dore is not really a leftist. I, I think he believes, like like Kyle Kalinsky said, Jimmy Dore is legit. He, in in his views and what he believes in, I think he's really a leftist. I think he really believes that he's he's about the shit that we're about. Like in life, you're not always going to see eye to eye with people. You're not always going to agree with their tactics. You're not even going to like certain people that agree with you on certain things. My issue with this whole thing is that people are running to bash Jimmy Dore because of his history and and because of his proclivities and not look at the general issue that is Cenk Uger and TYT using his platform to smear someone. And like to me, calling someone a Russian asset or calling someone a, you know, basically a toady for a certain dictatorship or government that shit is dangerous. Like that's dangerous. That's hyperbolic. And and it's like, we live in this. And the thing that bothers me now more than ever is that we live in this society and we live in this world where if you don't agree with me, we, we can't no longer like agree to disagree. You are my enemy. You ain't shit. And Oh, by the way, you're a, a Nazi. You're but who's the one, who's you're the one leftist the- who's doing that? Kalinsky doesn't do that. Sam Cedar doesn't do that. But Jenk did that. But Jenk did that. Jenk, Jenk didn't do Jenk. Okay, fair. Go ahead. But who consistently but what, does it? But but that's but again, you're falling into the same trap, right? Like again, you don't have to like Jimmy Dore. My issue with Jimmy Dore is like Jimmy Dore is. I agree with you. Jimmy Dore is toxic in the thing in the way that he handles things. I think everybody will admit that the way he handles for the record, situation. I'm sorry. For the record, I didn't I didn't see the I, I know the chain thing. I didn't see it. But go ahead. Okay. But he he basically 
attack this man, Aaron Mate, who's who basically discrediting his work using TYT. A lot of people listen to TYT. You or I don't, but a lot right. of people follow, a lot of leftists who don't know any better, follow TYT, hang on to every word that Jank, Anna, John, whoever, and this entire network say and do. And for you to come out and basically smear this man as being bought or a or an agent or a double agent, that's dangerous. This man's this man's on the front lines in Syria. Like this man is like you're sullying this man's reputation because you don't agree with him or because you don't like that he called you out on past tweets or in past behavior that you've had or past fucked up shit that you've said. Jenk Uger, who himself has said terrible things, toxic things, right? My thing is two wrongs don't make a right. Jenk is wrong, Jimmy's wrong. But too many people are quick to discount the point that Jimmy Dore is making because of Jimmy Dore's own history and his own past. And it's like, to me, each side keeps launching grenades and bombs at each other and inflicting more casualties. And it's like, it's taking everybody down with them. Like you bring up the whole sexually assaulting or sexually harassing Anna Kasparian gross. And Jimmy's whole explanation of it or lack of thereof was, was cringy, but it was also cringy what TYT did, which is basically kind of like, using it as almost blackmail of like, Hey, don't get too out of line. We're, you know, we got this in the chamber ready to load it and fire it off whenever, whenever, whenever and ready. Like that's how they did it. That's how it all came to light. Essentially was that Anna Kasparian basically like DM this shit to Jimmy Dorham was like, yo, you know, and, and as many words as you can say, like, Hey, back up. You sexually, or, you sexually harassed me and I want to tell the world you sexually harassed me. Yes. No, that doesn't, that doesn't but that, erase, but that doesn't erase, that doesn't erase what happened. Obviously, I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying right, to right. say that, that that erases what Aaron Kasparian may have gone on, gone, right. had to gone through, go through or whatever. I'm just saying that to me, both parties are foul. Anna Kasparian's foul for using that as basically blackmail and Jimmy Dore's foul for A, doing the, the deed to begin with and then I, I guess doubling down or trying to downplay it or whatever, whatever Jimmy, look, both sides are wrong. That's what I'm saying. I just feel like too many people like to bag on Jimmy Dore because it's the easy it, Jimmy Dore right now is low hanging fruit. It's, it's low hanging fruit. You have a lot of people who just don't like Jimmy Dore. So and, like this man could literally say, you know, the sky's blue. Oh, fucking Jimmy Dore. What a piece of shit. Like, and it's like, well, the guy is right. <laughs> the sky is blue. You may not like him. You don't have to. And I'm not saying you're doing this, but I'm just saying like people do that. Cause I know a lot of people like you that can't stand Jimmy Dore. That thinks he's toxic. That, that think he's, that think he's the double agent that think he's the guy that's actually a secret right populist and all this other shit. And I'm like, yo, the guy the guy is authentic about what he believes in. Now, you don't have to agree with what he believes in. You don't have to agree how he goes about things. I don't. But to me, two like it's like it's like when two kids are like when your two kids are in trouble, right? Like one smacks the other and they both get into a fist fight. They're both wrong. One started it, but they're both wrong. You punish both of them. And to me, it's like both of them deserve to be scolded and both of them deserve to to take heat on what's going on because they're both wrong. Yes, Jimmy, you may not like how Jimmy Dore handled his side of the situation. You may not like the way Jenk handles his side of the situation, but they're both wrong. And they're both killing the left. So, so is my the thing, thing is nobody this, wins in this. I'm not looking at this versus as Jenk versus Jenk versus Jimmy. This is not I'm looking at this as like, here we go, fucking game with Jimmy. Like, like I don't like he might be right about coming at Jank. You know, Jank might have said whatever he said and it might have been wrong and he deserves criticism. It's not the fact that he criticized Jank. It's the fact that if I like I said, if I go on his YouTube channel right now 
and I look at his videos, all it is is demonizing, criticizing, but, but that's a shitting separate, on, but dunking that's a separate, on. But that's a separate. That's a separate. I, again, I'm fighting different issues. No, see, this is the thing. I I know what you're. I'm not debating you on who's right in that situation. My whole point is that Jimmy Dore is toxic. Period. I'm I'm not going to okay. sit here and argue with you who was right in the Cenk versus Jimmy Dore issue. That that's you. you, you I don't care about that. But what people, I care, but people are but people are conflating that as the issue. Like, okay, we know that Jimmy Dore is toxic. I, I we can agree on what levels of toxicity he has, but whatever. Jimmy Dore is toxic. We both agree. Yeah. That being said, the the issue isn't Jimmy Dore's toxicity. The issue is Aaron Mate got smeared, and a bunch of people, Jimmy Dore included, came to his defense, and. TYT is wrong and everybody knows that TYT is wrong and they've yet to issue an apology. They've yet like all TYT had to do is say, yo, you know what? We were wrong. That that's not right. We may not agree with Aaron Mate. We may not see eye to eye and we don't may not like certain things that he does, but to sit there and basically sell this man's reputation, put this man okay. at risk, literally put and him I, at risk. Like, and I, that's I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I can, I can 100% get behind that. But when Kyle Kalinsky comes on and says exactly what you just said, because I watched Kyle's video, when Kyle comes on and, and says exactly what you just said, and then kind of goes, well, well, you know, Jimmy shouldn't probably have sexually harassed a girl. And then Jimmy goes off on Kyle the way he went off. I mean, Manny, like this guy oh. is is unhinged. So, so to me, like I, I get what you're saying. And, and I think you and I were, were, were talking about two separate things. Like I'm not here, like my whole discussion with you right now i'm more focused on who's ever jimmy listening and, and and you is just jimmy jore period whatever beef he has with tyt whether he has valid points or not i don't care if he has valid points or not i don't i, I really don't because honestly those valid points that you just said kyle has brought them up they have been circulating it's not like jimmy Dore is like the only person who thinks this but he's one of the first high profile people that came to defense of okay. Aramante. and now obviously okay. glenn greenwald is involved and glenn greenwald is, is- Oh, you're yeah. not a Glenn Greenwald fan? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my my point is is that I think Jimmy Dore right now, the way he's behaving, is very self-serving. I think he's very toxic to the left. I don't think he he does anything out of anything out of his self-interest. He's a but, hypocrite. But, I, but I can't even Jimmy, tell you what he stands for. But, I can't even tell you what he stands for anymore, man. But is I Jimmy can't. but is, but is Jimmy Dore wrong? Has has Jimmy been wrong on policy? Has Jimmy Dore been wrong on policy? Yes. It depends on what policy, because you, you're going to tell for, me on, on force to vote. He was right. No, he was not. I, I was. He's yeah. not right about that. Okay. He was not right we, about we, that. We won't, we won't. We won't. We won't get into that because we'll be he's here not, all night. But <laughs> I, we disagree on that. He was I, I right can't on even honestly. I, I can't even give Jimmy the 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 standing that he supports Medicare for all because of who he supported in the Democratic primary. I can't even give him the standing. I don't even believe you. Listen, I don't believe the, him. The, the the Tulsi thing was was bad, but. Okay, we're, we're just gonna we're we're gonna bring up the Tulsi thing, but but a lot of people's beef with the Tulsi thing wasn't even like her his her lack of support for Medicare for all was that she basically gave Assad a pass and that didn't want to basically because everybody that basically too. said that she's a toady for Assad right now come to find out she might have been right or she may she may have known something that we all didn't know but it's not even that dude it's it's the fact that you torch torch the squad specifically aoc you go after aoc and did you see his rant on aoc basically saying he made her famous yes again i'm not arguing with you all i'm saying is that but 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 again when people get into these fights about jimmy Dore, like oh he's toxic and and i'm like i agree with you but a 
there's there's the problem with Jimmy Dore is that there is a sliver of truth in what he's saying. It's just how he's saying it and how he goes about. Yeah, it. I, think, I, I like. I think the I think the squad is is ripe for criticism. Like I, I, I think I think everybody in the Democratic Party should be criticized justly. And I do think there are a lot of criticisms you can throw the way of the squad. You can throw the way. Of, I'm not saying you can't, but but Kyle Kalinsky does it, and I have no problem with Kyle Kalinsky. Cedar does it. I have no problem with Sam Cedar. You know what I mean? Like there are a bunch of there are a bunch of players on YouTube who do it, and they do it in a way where it's honest and it's not as freaking dramatic and as toxic and as hyperbolic as what Jimmy Dore does. But I'm not kidding. Like I I know I keep saying this, but like you're right. I'm for the first time in again uh, any given Sunday history. I'm going to share my screen, dude. Like I I swear to you. Look at look at look at this. Look at look at this. All of this is about here's Biden, Kyle Kalinsky. And, and admitting facts, Rachel Maddow, Obama, Joe Manchin, Biden, Biden, MSNBC, Schumer. Like where – like I hate to say this, men, but like we are literally, literally – the opposition to the Democratic Party are like neo-fascist right now, neo-fascist. And for me, if you're not bringing that into the conversation, if you – you can criticize the Democratic Party, but if you are being irresponsible and not going, you know what, but those Ted Cruz's – those Madison Cawthorns and those guys, they're fucking crazy too. You're not showing that side. You are doing a disservice, and all you're doing is if an alt-writer or someone who's prone to the alt-right sees Jimmy Dore's YouTube page, what conclusions do you think he, that, that person's going to come to? What conclusions okay. can you possibly come to going to Jimmy Dore's page and not being in right. There's nothing about the Republican Party. There's nothing about Trump. There's nothing about their fascistic ways or anything like that. It's all Democratic Party. It's all leftists. It's him shitting on lefty YouTubers. What do you think they're going to think? They might have populist views, but you know who has populist views too? Tucker Carlson has popular views, and he thinks mm-hmm. like a right-winger. That's my problem with Jimmy. Okay. And then also, so when, when you promote Tulsi Gabbard and you go after the squad and you go after AOC for not supporting Medicare for All, but you supported a candidate in the Democratic Party who did not support Medicare for All, like you are a huge hypocrite, dude. And it's hard for me to say, well, he believes in this because he's he it, you're not being consistent with with how you're right. voting, with how with who you're supporting. So I don't know right. what he believes. All solid points. Not wrong on anything that you just said. I agree with you. Ninety hell, I agree with hundred percent that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> My only thing with the Jimmy Dore thing, and, I, and I've had other people say, like, oh, you're a Jimmy Dore fan. Like, I'm not a Jimmy Dore fan. Like, I don't yeah, you're not. The, I honestly, I honestly just I honestly don't really listen to him. There's some videos that come to my radar that like, oh, okay, he makes good points on this one. Cool. And then there's other things that I just completely ignore. Like, it is what it is. It's like, I take it, I have a very take it or leave it attitude with Jimmy Dore. My issue with the whole Jimmy Dore thing is, like you said, right? Like, oh, if you're not bringing up that the right is just as bad, if not worse and terrible and yada, 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 then you're doing a disservice. And yes, I agree. But I feel like a lot of people already know that the right isn't shit. Some don't. No, t- a lot of don't. A lot. Man, a lot I'm don't. telling you, this is this is this is, this is how the alt right p- pipeline works, bro. I'm telling you, you get a my kid thing, on. Right? Okay, sorry. We we, we we we. <laughs> no, it's 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 okay. It's we're having a discussion here. Let's. I'm trying to find a perfect example. Let's use somebody we both know. Let's use our friend Ray Jarvis, right? So Ray Jarvis, you guys may not know him, host of gray area podcast shout out to ray jarvis whatever but we're going to use you as an example on the show right so we both know ray ray's black guy from new york really dope show really dope podcaster content creator whatever yada yada all that 
So he's kind of a casual pol- political engager, right? So he, you know, he knows that the Republican Party ain't shit just because, you know, he, he's black in America. So one would think you'd think the Republican Party isn't shit and doesn't align with your best interests. But he may not know everything that there is to know about leftist politics and some of the issues of the Democratic Party. So if I go up to Ray Jarvis and I say, hey, you know, just start talking to him about politics. He already knows Ted Cruz ain't shit. Now I can I can enlighten him even further on the issues of the Republican Party and how and to the levels of rot that exists in that party, but it'd be more beneficial for me and more beneficial for everybody involved to say, hey man, don't just pin your hopes and your and your and your good fortunes on the Democratic Party because there's a lot of issues on the left as well. There's a lot of issues on the Democratic Party side of things as well. There's a lot of issues with these. Again, we we talked about it. Greenwich liberals, right? That say one thing and do others. That the BLM blocks in the background, even though you're still funding police departments across this nation. You know, you, you take knee. You you know, you'll take knee. You'll you'll kneel in front of in in Washington with with you know with dashikis and shit, but still have yet to pass any meaningful reparations acts or anything that helps and benefits equity and equality for black people, right? All those things, right? And we just like highlight these things. To me, that does more than just making a video. Like you and I, and we can get a hundred views today to talk about how terrible Ted Cruz is. We know that. <laughs> we can we could do a video about how horrible Marjorie Taylor Greene is. We know that. But if we start discussing like, yo, the Joe Mansions of the world, the, the 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 people that Joe Biden's record on criminal justice, like all of these things that bring up that need to be enlightened, that does more for political discourse and that does more for understanding the rot that exists in politics as a whole, not just left, right. I think that does more to enlighten people on these issues than just like saying, oh yeah, the left, the, the right is terrible and and like, okay, I guess we could say the Democratic Party is not as great as it should be, but at least they're not the Republicans. Like that to me is just not a, that's not, that to me is not leveraging political power. And that's not speaking truth to power. Like to me, real truth to power is saying, no, we have a deep rot in this country of the political system and the political system that, that divides us. And it's a deep rot on both sides. And Jimmy doesn't do the both sides. Jimmy goes, it's a deep rot in our political system. And the, and the deep rot is the democratic party and every lefty YouTuber who does not believe what I say or goes against me. I don't mind the both sides. Kyle does it perfectly. Kyle Clinton. And this is why me and you both listen to this is why me and you both listen to Kyle Kalinske and not Jimmy Dore. Exactly. And I and this is I'm someone who I'm not as purist as as Kyle, but I respect the shit out of Kyle. Kyle does perfectly. If you go to Kyle's YouTube page, I guarantee you he has videos of criticizing Biden. He has videos of criticizing the squad. Uh, He has videos. He also has videos like reminding you of how fucking crazy Trump is and how crazy, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like you will get a full range of the whole political spectrum. If you subscribe to Secular Talk, I don't know if you agree, but I'm I'm a Sam Cedar guy. I think Sam Cedar does the same thing. Now that show is not the same since Michael Brooks passed away in my mind, but I still I think agree. he does it. Um, so David Pakman's another one. David's way more centrist than I am with his opinions, but as far as the newest is concerned, he will criticize Biden. He will criticize their administration, but he would also let you know, like, hey, the right is also at fault with a lot of different things, and this is where they stand. And if they take power, this is what will happen. If you go to Jimmy Dore's page. All it is, it is like I said. You, you. If I just read you the titles and played the game, Jimmy oh, yeah, Dore or Jimmy Dore or Tim Pool, you would not know the difference. 
And that is a problem. That is a huge problem because populism is very easy to latch onto. And there's a huge difference between left-wing populism and right-wing populism. And what he's breeding is right-wing populism, whether he means to do it or not. That's what he's doing. Fair point. Again, and I'm not even saying you're wrong. I'm not even saying I don't agree 100%. I, I just, again, people get caught up too much in the Jimmy door because, again, he's easy fodder to get caught up in because he is so divisive and he is so hyperbolic that he just drives yeah. people, drive people's opinions one way or another. I just think that to me, don't focus so much on Jimmy Dore, focus on the overall issue at hand. And in, in the particular case of this whole kerfuffle that's going on, it's about TYT's just gross mischaracterization and smearing of Aramate. And again, and it just to me, and I, I think that's why I'm so triggered by this is again, because it, it's just, it just speaks to the level of discourse that we have in our society today, where it's like, if you don't agree with me 100% on everything I stand for, everything I am saying from the goat debate in basketball to, you know, fucking medicare for all you're not only wrong you're terrible you're paid for by lebron's you know that marketing team or you're you're a toady for the russian and assad government like you're just it's these hyperbolic statements like yo maybe i just don't agree with you and that's okay like i like i don't agree like me and you don't agree on a lot of things but i'm not gonna sit here and call you out i'm like oh fuck josh rodriguez he's a fucking (laughs) no i just don't agree with josh like i just don't agree with you and you don't agree with me and that's okay and it's like we have to get back to that we have to get back to saying like yo we agree to disagree there's certain things that we can't agree or disagree on like if you don't think my life matters or you don't value my life or you don't think that i should have a fair shot at equity and equality then there's nothing to agree or disagree on we just fuck you like respectfully right everything else on policy we can agree to disagree. There's some people that I have that I have family members. I love them to death. I don't agree with them on politics. Like it's fine. We agree to disagree. I, I just think Jimmy's the champion of the of the problem you just said. The app, the like the Jordan, he is. The Michael Jordan of that, <laughs> and that's a problem. And I he and I think and I think a lot. He's very influential, and I think a lot of people can be turned the wrong way if he becomes their main voice, Sadly, especially especially if he's attacking alternatives like Kalinsky. Yeah. With him, it's like everybody gets bombed now because come on, man. Dare, like if you dare show dissent. Yeah, no. And that's yeah, and then he's going on that's Tucker Carlson show. Like, come on, like, bro, like, yeah. what are you going on Tucker Carlson show for? That's insane. That's insane. I know that was months ago, to be fair to Jimmy. I'm not, you know, it was it was, yeah, it was a long time ago. ago. But like, come on, man. Like, this is So you so you're I, saying you would never go on Tucker Carlson show? If I went on Tucker Carlson show, I would insult Tucker Carlson and Fox News the whole time. I wouldn't attack I would, the Democrats. I, I would I would I would I would yeah, you're right. I, I, I would I wouldn't bash anything about the Democratic Party because I know what the listeners are thinking. I know what the viewers are thinking. So my my whole time I, on Fox News would be just be like, You're you are a liar, you are a white nationalist, and your audience needs to know that. These are the facts. 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 But he, I would do the same thing. I would do he, I would do the same thing too. He didn't does he, he doesn't do, do that. Yeah. But what he does is he goes, Oh, these like I forgot I forgot everything. Uh a lot of, of his appearance, but basically he was saying how like this person was a democratic shill for the Democratic Party. And it's like, well, you're I just forgot. feeding you're feeding into a narrative that Tucker's trying to create. Who do you right. think listens to like what audience do you think you're obtaining now? Now someone's watching Tucker Carlson's oh God, Jimmy Dore makes sense. Now they go to your page. Now they see all you do is criticize the Democratic Party. Who do you think his audience is? And this is not a sh- this is not saying his whole audience. Like I, you, you're on the vanguard all the time. I think those guys are pure as shit. I like them. I think they're 
comrades, I think they're dope. I think they're true leftists. I'm not saying everyone who listens to Jimmy is like that, but there, it's not a coincidence that a lot of his audience is right populist because they are. If you watch his comment section, yeah, it's, man, you're, it's kind listen, of concerning. You're, you're not wrong. I agree with you 100%. I, I just, I, to me, my 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 whole point, and we can wrap up with this, but my whole point is that like stop I'm focusing on the smearing of Aaron Mate and what it speaks about just general discourse in our country and our political discourse as a whole right now. That's my focus on Jimmy Dore is Jimmy Dore. He's gonna do what he does. Uh, who shit, he may hell, we blow up, he might attack us because we doesn't think we're left in it. Oh, like, I guarantee he would. And 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 yeah, and 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 if he does, then we listen. Jimmy Dore ain't seen shit yet. We're hyperbolic too. <laughs> we're, we want to smoke all day, every day. My thing is like, people, I've just, the older I've gotten, soon to be 35, the older I've gotten, it's just like, if people show you who they really are, you believe them. Jimmy Dore has shown us all who he really is. So you can't shock me and surprise me anymore. Like, I know who you are anymore. I've, I'm go- I've passed that point now. Now I'm at the point of like, okay, let's speak to what's really going on. And to me, what's really going on is, we, we've we've lost the ability to have political dis- political arguments and disagreements with folks, and we just go to hyperbolic statements where we're smearing people and we're saying you you aren't who you say you are, or you're a double agent, or you're this that and the other to avoid having real substantive conversation. And I think that that's what's going on. That's that's kind of the the macro point that I'm trying to make. It's that like because to me, Jank Uger and TYT is just as bad as as Jimmy Dore. They're just Wait, not I mean as loud. I said. They're just not and I said in the beginning, and like I said in the beginning, I don't, I don't listen to TYT. I don't get my news from TYT because I think you use the words they're sensationalist and very hyperbolic. It turns me off from them. What? So like, I, I just, so for me, like it, to be honest, I couldn't even tell you what they what they've been saying the past few years. If I'm being honest, I, I listen to Damage Report every once in a while just because I like John. I like and, John, uh, and, and it's not, and, and it's and, not everybody on that alone, I, Yeah, yeah, and I used I, to like it. I used to like Anna, but even even her coverage over the last, and then of course you heard about the money that that TYT allegedly took in to from yeah. from Jeff Katzenberg and all those folks. I, like, I think TYT I, loses their whole like when they focus on RussiaGate, and it's just like, dude, like let it go. And they, and they never, <laughs> and, they, and they never, and they never yeah. apologize. They've never, yeah. yeah I think that, I think that turns off a lot of leftists. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I get what you're saying. If, if we're gonna have policy discussion, we should talk about policy and even even though i might have my feelings towards jimmy Dore, at the end of the day if he's right about mate then he's right about mate and that's is what it is and chank should be held responsible and he should apologize that's your point right yeah pretty much yes, okay. i agree point. with that and, and, okay. and like stop letting tyt because what tyt has successfully done now is that they've changed the conversation from being hey tyt is wrong and they've smeared this guy undeservedly to like oh look how fucking bad shit you know, Jimmy Doris. So they've deflected the total. But Jim, Jimmy did no. Jimmy did him no favors, though. Did him no favors. I agree. But again, it's that whole thing of people show you who they really are. You believe them, so they no longer can trick you. They can no longer deceive you. It's like what Jimmy. To me, it's like I'm, I'm not shocked that we're here with this with Jimmy Dore because it's like this is who he always is. So it, it's like it is what it is to me. But yeah, it, it, there's more to come. There's going to be more fire, and 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 we'll close with this. The sad thing about all of this is that it's honestly just fracturing the left and it's hurting more than it's it's doing more harm than it is doing more good. And that's the sad part about it. Because again, yeah. I wish that we live in a world we're not 
I don't want to live in a world where everybody agrees with everybody. I, that that's disgusting and gross. Who wants that? I want her. I want there to be discourse. I want there to be disagreements. I want there to be sensitive discussions and arguments. But this is not what I want. This isn't beneficial. This isn't a democracy. This isn't you know. This isn't the ideal space to be in. Right? I, I, we're, I, having, we're, we're having discussions about did Jimmy Dore sexually harass Anna Kasparian and all this other bullshit. Like, what is that solving? It's not solving anything. No, I, I think that speaks to character. You're right, though. I, I get what you're saying. Like, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, X, Y, Z. But Jimmy's the one who, who, from my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I honestly think I might be wrong here. But he's the one who brought it up and said, look, at these are, this is the tweet. Anna blackmailed me, right? That's how that came into fruition. Like, this is like, that's how the whole topic. So he's the one who brought it out, not her. And then she explained what the hell happened. So, and honestly, like, like, is that really blackmail where it's just kind of like, yo, you sexually harassed me. And like, I haven't been telling anybody like, shut the fuck up. But I I don't even want to get in because it's, then it's going to come off Jimmy Dore. I get what you're saying. I, I do get what you're saying, but it's it's almost like to me, blackmail is like I have a naked picture of you and like I'm gonna embarrass like he 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 literally did something wrong. Like he literally like sexually harassed a woman. So to me, it's it's like when I think blackmail, I think this is information um that can expose you like it like I, I, it's it's a it's a different type of information, if if you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying, she, but I think she was a victim in a situation exposing a crime that was committed against her. To me, that's not really blackmail. It's like you did this to me. I'm a victim of this, and I haven't I, told anybody. I'm coming out with it. So to me, like I, to, to to take Jimmy's side but, and like, well, Anna blackmailed him. It's like, well, she was a fucking victim here. Like, how but, how could you possibly like side with Jimmy on this? You 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 had me until the victim part. The issue with the Anna Kasparian thing, it wasn't that she portrayed it as she was the victim. It She was portrayed as, hey, something happened. You made an inappropriate comment. You apologize. We were good. Now, years later, I'm weaponizing this to benefit the narrative and the conversation. That's how it was perceived. Now, obviously, when you go down that road with that, you, you make yourself look bad because, again, you're trying. it's like you're saying, well, forget that women the whole me too thing it's like oh well that's not important it's this is important it's like it's a sticky it's a slippery slope i think a lot of people have problems with like it's like well if you had a problem why didn't you out jimmy Dore back then you made peace with this man and it was all good now because you and jimmy Dore and your company are beefing and he's been calling you out on your bullshit now you weaponize your your experience with him to make jimmy Dore look bad it's like that's so it's almost like that experience didn't affect you the way it did you're just saying it did because you want to make jimmy look bad bingo that's that's where that's where people kind of like, okay, well, hold on now. Not saying that that happened or that he's not wrong for doing what he did. But to me, it's like, you can't also weaponize what happened to you for political gain and expedience. It's like, that's not, that's not cool. Don't don't clutch your pearls five years later when you didn't clutch your pearls back then. Bingo. And you didn't, right. That, 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 and that's what, that's what rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because it was just like, wait, hold on now. Jimmy's wrong. We know that, but if you weren't upset five years ago and you weren't using it for per gain and narratives, then what else? Use what it else? Now. Yeah. What I'll say to that is that we don't know if she was upset or not, and we don't know who, what her process was. It was sleeping under the rug, so she might have held on to it. And for the record, of, she was she was upset. He had to issue he issued an apology, like so. She yeah. she probably never got over it. The the yeah. point is, it 
don't perceive Anna Kasparian as like, oh, this poor victim that's just now telling her story. Like Anna Kasparian knew what she was doing. She tried yeah. to make Jimmy Dore look bad. Now that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that <laughs> that doesn't negate the fact that Jimmy Dore did something terrible and sleazy. That doesn't negate right. that. And I want to again reiterate that. I just saying that both people, both parties are wrong. This is the this is my my okay. my main. We can we can we can we can settle on that. We can settle on that. Both parties are wrong. But uh, yeah, man, it's 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 terrible. Um, it's terrible. This this whole thing. I mean, it's fun. No, it's fun. It's great theater. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's great theater because every day. It's, just it's really just frustrating that. to watch. I mean, just from my perspective, where it's like we have to build some type of coalition here. I I've become this. Is, you and I are at our most different. Where I think you're more purist. I'm I'm. I'm too pragmatic as a fault sometimes and i think when i see things like this i'm like how the hell is the left ever going to come together if we can't even like agree on anything like we're not we're not making any compromises on anything we're not setting any goals of like hey let's get here so we can get here it's like this is what i believe and if you don't believe what i believe f you f that and it's like when i see who's doing that the main culprit of that is jimmy Dore. Period, and I think TYT might be you know bad players in this as well. There's a reason why I don't listen to to them. There's a reason why I don't watch their YouTube videos because I recognize they were hyperbolic and sensationalist from the moment I started watching their. Um, but I it's we have a president right now who's a centrist. We have a Democratic Party that's kind of in charge, and that can very quickly, very quickly change in 2024, especially if Trump runs again. And to me, that alternative is way worse, way worse than what we got going on right now. Right now, we need to figure out a plan. We need to figure out some goals as a leftist community that we want to reach, that we want to demand of Joe Biden and the Democratic Democratic Party and move forward from there. Because if we keep fighting before we know it's 2024 and then Trump's back in the White House and who knows what happens this time. Well said, my brother. Well yeah. said. Can't follow it. Can't follow it any any better than that. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, I think that's everything. I think that's everything. Uh, Good show. Oh, before we get before we get out of here, um, game four predictions. Bucks, Bucks, one hundred seven. Suns, one hundred one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the Bucks will yeah. win. I think they'll tie. I think they'll even the series up, and we'll go. We'll go back. When is game? The schedule's so weird. The fact that we have basketball in July is so mm-hmm. weird to me. But um, so game five would be because game two, because game so four is Wednesday night. Wednesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So game. So we would we'll be. I think we'll have a two two series game five on Saturday night, which will be fun. Yeah, which will be very fun. And I love that, that they great. went away. And I, I mean, they went away from it last or two years ago as well. But uh, you know, I really love that they went away from the three, two, the two, three, oh, two I hated format. That. I hated that. Yeah, yeah. It's better this way. It, it just, it just aligns better with the series and all the yeah. all the other series. Yeah, it just aligns better. But yeah, I think we're gonna have a. Uh, I think we're gonna have a pretty fun NBA Finals, man. So yeah, I have, I have the Bucks winning similar score, 107, 108, 101, That type. It'll be a close game, um, but I think the Bucks will pull it out. And uh, yeah, like I said before at the beginning, we have a series, and that's the that's the most important thing. If you're a basketball fan, you want a series. So hopefully, no more beefs between Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor and Jeff, whatever his feck face is, and Jimmy Dore and T Y T. Jimmy Dore. <laughs> Taking up all the oxygen, and we just can we could just talk about some fun NBA Finals matchups. But yeah, man. But yeah, that's it. First show is in the books. Um, I'm extremely excited. I know you probably don't care anything about the MLB draft, but I'm excited. The Mets got Kumar Rocker, <laughs> absolute I, steal I at the tech pick. Every Met fan that I know is like 
ecstatic. I don't know who the hell he is, but they're ecstatic Bro. that they got him. So this I assume dude, he's a top prospect. Yeah, he was a top prospect. Um, so Vanderbilt, you know how Vanderbilt is like the Alabama of college baseball, right? So Vanderbilt's yep. got the two, probably the two most highly prided pitching prospects. Could have easily gone number one. He didn't go number one because there were some concerns about his signability. Obviously, in baseball, there's no like draft. Um, there's no draft ceiling or there's no draft. There's no pay. There's no slots. So you don't get paid. Like everybody's not paid the same. Like people sign for different contracts based on their value or whatever, or and what their demands are and their ability to have leverage. So for instance, a Kumar rocker can say, well, I'm not signing with you, Kansas city. We, you can't afford my value. So I'll go back to school for another year. Or if he was in high school, Hey, I'll, I'm not signing with you. I'll go back. I'll go to college and do two years and then come out. So there's that. So, and then there was some concerns about like, his durability and whatnot. I mean, Kumar Rocker was probably the most highly touted college baseball player over the last three or four years. And he kind of, he kind of suffered from 10. Well, cause he suffered from, he, you know how like when people think you're like the perfect prospect, then people start finding holes. Well, you know, he doesn't do this well, or, Oh, I have question marks about this. So it was just one of those, but it was mostly about signability. It was mostly yeah. about that. It was mostly about okay. signability. And he fell to the Mets. And I'm going to talk about it this week on MLB Bro. Shout out to MLB Bro. Shout out to Rob Park and all the guys. But you know, I'm going to I'm going to talk about this. Like, this is the perfect thing for baseball. Like the fact that you have Kumar Kumar Rocker, a black pitcher in New York, sh- channeling Dwight Gooden, you know. This yeah. guy has a chance to be a once in a lifetime, once in a generation type pitcher. Is that good? In New York. So, yeah. If he, I mean, again, with pitchers, it's if you stay healthy. If you stay healthy, you yeah. know, eventually you're going to have Tommy John. Eventually, it seems like every pitcher has Tommy John now. So, you know, you, you inevitably he's going to have Tommy John surgery. But if he stays healthy and continues to develop, the guy is a beast, man. And he's got charisma. He's got star. He's got that it factor. That's the thing that really excites you about him. He's electric. He's got that it factor. He's big. Like he's he, he, he's got that Bob gets him like like he's a bulldog on the mound. I'm excited, bro. Again, if he stays healthy, and you never know. I, You know how I feel about drafts. Drafts are a yeah. crap shoot. Who the fuck knows? Kumar Rocker yeah. can step on a skateboard and break his back and never be the same again tomorrow. Who, know, who the hell knows? I, no, you like you like the pick. Yeah. I like the pick, Um, I, and it gives the Mets a guy. And he's a guy who's also – he's. I, I'm not going to say he's big league ready, but he's, close, he's, he's on a fast track to be in the big leagues. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if in a year, two years at most, he's in the big leagues. You think they make a run in the playoffs this year? They call him up? No, 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 no. Not this year. No, not, not that quick. Year. Nah, nah, okay. nah. I, if he if if he completely just fast tracks it, like just completely just destroys minor league competition, I could see him maybe as a September call up next year. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Out of the bullpen. Um, yeah, out of the bullpen as a as a reliever. Why not? Next year, not this year though. Too soon, okay. but but definitely okay. next year. Right, well, he's he's got at least got to have some exposure in pro ball, but you know he doesn't yeah. have that right now. But um, yeah, man, Kumar Rocker is a big pick, and like I said, I, I'm I'm being a little little coy about it because I am going to talk about it a little bit further this week. But I think it's a huge move, man. I think it's a huge. Move. I think it's good for baseball. I think baseball benefits because you have a black potential black superstar in New York with a team on a rise in the Mets. You obviously it's good for Kumar Rocker. He's in New York, you know. You just need a herald on the on the rota- in the rotation, and then you and then and then you got and then it's good for the Mets. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I just caught that. Um, no, nah, man, it's, it's 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 good, man. It's it's good. I'm excited. I'm excited. Of course, nobody knows what's going to happen. He could get hurt. Who knows? He could he could be a total stiff. Not saying that it's guaranteed, but if he no, it's exciting though. It's exciting. It's yeah. exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. So yeah, man, Kumar Rockers. Uh, is a Met. Uh, that was the, probably the most exciting thing that happened to the Mets today because they blew a five-run lead to the lowly Pirates. So don't get me started on that. Uh, so, but we're still in first place, and you know, baseball heads to its All-Star break, and it's exciting times, man. So, yeah, we're, we're yeah, we're, we're we're in the marathon. We're in the marathon. But yeah, but that's it. I'm done. I'm done blabbering, man. We we've done it. First YouTube show is in the books. Whoop whoop. Yes, sir. Congratulations. Obviously, listen. Congratulations. I promise, guys. I promise, guys. We'll get better. You know, baby steps. Rome was not built. Oh, we're, just, we're just getting started. Just baby. getting started. Just getting started. Just getting started. Just getting started. You know, we might have 3D graphics in the background in a couple of weeks. So like, who, who the fuck knows? Don't don't <laughs> don't put it past me. I'm 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 working on some stuff. I'm working on some stuff now. I so love it. Don't, I love don't it. Put it. Don't put it. In, but yeah, man. Thank you guys for for joining us. Whoever the two people that may have joined or whatever. But <laughs> thank you guys for being with us. Obviously, the podcast listeners. The podcast will be up here in a couple hours. So thank you guys for listening and supporting the show as much as you've always have. I say it all the time. Without you guys, there is no show. So and I know Josh seconds that statement as well so yeah man we really appreciate you guys josh tell the listeners where they can find you and plug all your other podcasts before we get out of here it's cool now because you could see my handle on the bottom yeah. of my screen yeah. at josh yeah. underscore rodriguez underscore my podcast a dime with josh rodriguez is on balls life podcast network you can subscribe to that just type in the dime with josh rodriguez and whenever you listen to your platform uh podcast and yeah that's about it man one yes, one sir. live showdown one live showdown yes, we're gonna sir. look back yes, on this day and be like wow Wow. Many more to go. Many more to go. Yeah. We'll probably cringe at the show in like a year. <laughs> oh, one thousand percent. Especially like what we talked about, like the whole Jimmy Dore thing. Where we look back at this, like remember that? Like that was crazy. That? <laughs> Jimmy Dore blew up the Capitol or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, nah, man. Um, for those of you who are new to the show, man, I am Manuel Brown. Call me Manny. Um, you can follow me. My Twitter handle is right there at Emmanuel Brown. And I'm also at Emmanuel Brown on Instagram, Manuel Brown on Facebook, Manny Bro15 on Snapchat, any social media. I'm not on TikTok. I have a TikTok account, but I have not. TikTok is the the one Ditto. social media thing that I've just not I've not joined the parade on. But who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. But uh, yeah, man, I'm everywhere. So go follow me. Of course, I am the host of this lovely show. I also host I Love Baseball. I'm sorry I've been on a hiatus with the baseball show. There's a lot going on, but I think I'm going to fire off a podcast episode this week. I think I think this week is when we will officially come back. Uh, I know I've been saying that the last couple shows, but I think this week definitely with the All Star break, I have some things I need to get off my chest. Kumar Rocker being one of them, I think we'll definitely come back this week with the with an episode. So stay tuned for that. That's why you got to go follow me on Twitter. Um, of course, MLBBro.com. I contribute on that wonderful website as well. I'm going to be starting a weekly series called My Two Cents, uh, where I'm just going to have different topics that I'm just going to drop my two cents on. Uh, I think this week will definitely be on Kumar Rocker and the Mets and how that's a perfect fit for all parties involved so stay tuned for that and uh yeah all the stuff that i do on dead end with dead end sports at live every tuesday and thursday uh so that'll be that i'm sure we'll 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 be live the uh tuesday previewing game four of the finals and thursday 
uh, recapping game four of the finals. So yeah, man, make sure you definitely check out that as well. So yeah, man, that's it. We are done. YouTube live show is in the books. Stay tuned for the podcast dropping in a couple hours whenever we get it up. And uh, yeah, man, for all the listeners, for all the subscribe. Oh yeah, make sure you subscribe to the Any Given Sunday YouTube page, man. Come on. We need we need the subscribers. We're at like 40 something. Obviously, we're trying to get into like the millions. Obviously, it's Rome the millions. <laughs> we'll get there eventually, but uh yeah, man, definitely subscribe and yeah. uh, that way you can catch the show every week. So definitely subscribe. We're going to have um this show obviously every week and um as we start going man we're gonna have patreon exclusives and interviews eventually we'll start doing interviews on this show different interviews all walks of life so make sure you guys make sure make sure you guys subscribe so yeah make sure to subscribe youtube.com any given sunday very simple go follow us and go subscribe as well so yeah all right but i'm the blabbering for josh rodriguez i am Andy brown this is anything on sunday we are out of here peace mm-hmm.